Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily for a Friday afternoon back in the peg and a uh, Friday night here in Doha, Qatar. Andrew Patterson with you. Of course, continuing a couple weeks at the World Cup, Canada taking on Croatia on Sunday afternoon here. Sunday evening, I guess. It'll be a 10 a.m. start. Entire country ready for another crack at the world's best for our Canadian men's national team after a heartbreaking, frustrating loss earlier this week in Belgium against Belgium. Uh, We'll talk about that. We'll have the latest on the Bombers with Ed Tate. Big signing. Questions about Mike O'Shea, his potential contract extension, and more on the to-do list heading into the offseason after that heartbreaker last Sunday in Regina at Mosaic Stadium. Huge NFL Sunday yesterday, or Thursday, <laughs> Sunday coming up. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton is going to jump on the program as well. And Ken Weeb is with the team. And speaking of NFL, he was at the Cowboys game yesterday, as were the Winnipeg Jets. Ken's going to join us a little later than normal, heading into the marble race on a Friday at the end of the program. Um, But we do have a lot to get to, uh, basically hitting all sorts of topics. Ed Tate's going to jump on first. Then we'll have Hacksaw, then Ken Weeb, then Marbles. And, of course, we'll get into some NHL talk right off the top as the Jets get ready for the Dallas Stars tonight. Uh, Before I bring in Michael Remus... Big thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day, especially our friends at CoolBet. The reason that I am here, along with Jake Bull and Moss, if you haven't been checking it out, follow me on uh, Instagram at Hustlerama, but make sure you're following CoolBet Canada on Twitter and Instagram. We'll have plenty of content throughout the weekend, and we will be setting the scene and giving you all the sights and sounds of the thousands of Canadians that have come here to the Middle East ready to see Canada make history with the first goal and hopefully the first win on Sunday in the Men's World Cup. Uh, Of course, Princess Auto, wonderful sponsors of ours, Not Auto Corp. We'll get to the why not question of the day in a minute. The Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Little Brown Jug, Boston Pizza, Canadian Club, Culligan Water, F Apparel, Royal Sports, Vita Health Fresh Market, Consolidated Supply, And, of course, our friends at Wallace & Wallace. Don't forget those nominations for the Unsung Hero at unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com. All right, let's uh, welcome in Michael Remus and get things going on a busy, busy Friday here on WST heading into the weekend. Remo, what's going on? I'm feeling good. Weekend haircut. Great uh, time for the sports calendar. World Cup, Thanksgiving NFL, which is so great to have on a Thursday. We've got some day hockey today. Uh, You didn't hype up the big... Uh, Max Domi's return against his former team, Blackhawks, uh, Canadians this afternoon. Huge, huge tilt uh, starting right now. So a lot of events. It's great. And I know all people are out and about uh, around the city uh, trying to hop on some big deals. So uh, it's, I guess this is kind of the kickoff of uh, the holiday season, right? Yeah. Okay. Speaking of, okay, it is Black Friday. Mm-hmm. And we will get to all of our sports topics in a minute. But I always joke about, uh, you know, we need some good M. Remus-approved deals. Have you been online shopping? Have you been anywhere today? Have you made any purchases? No. I'm The only person I'm probably going well, to... I saw our friends at Royal Sports have some major deals. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll go Crazy. there. Crazy. Crazy. I'm really... It's the one thing I'm really missing about being today. Hockey stick sale. I think thousands of sticks mm-hmm. and 50% off. I mean, anyone that's been there knows how much uh, how much stock they have right now. So... Black Friday, certainly a great time to go out. This is going to shock you, Reem. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I did some Black Friday shopping they have today. Black Friday in Qatar? Uh, well, I did it online. I did it online here. Um, basically, that's the beauty of the internet. Much like I can do the show with you from being here in Qatar, I was also able to jump onto Amazon <laughs> and pick up a few things. I bought a I bought a boat. A boat? A boat. I bought a boat. A uh, you know how I spend a lot of time hanging around the river, and I've seen these people yeah. with kayaks. I've seen these people with some inflatable ones. I bought a uh, a boat, a three person boat that has a spot for a trolling motor. Come on, and uh, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. And I had to call my buddy Dom. Shout out to Dom because I wasn't sure if I was going to be back in time for it to be delivered. So um, I have it being shipped to him. Also got a nice deal on uh, some Rockport boots and uh, some earbuds. I've been putting off getting earbuds for a long time. It's a good deal on that. So um, anyways, I figured you would get a kick out of that. Um, but it was a good day to get some good deals. If you can wait for them, maybe do a little bit of advanced Christmas shopping uh, if you need to uh, make it uh, and make it happen. So that's what I did earlier today. I've been watching the games. Uh, Netherlands is on the list. I have to apologize to any lock shoppers that were jumping on the day, the uh, the Doha double after we had a great win yesterday on the Brazil bicycle kick. Um, we took the L today. And the Netherlands scored five minutes in and basically slept walk through the rest of that game. Uh, Ecuador were awesome. Uh, they probably deserved to win that game about 3-1. It ended up being a 1-1 tie. They had a goal disallowed in the first half, very controversially. I got a goal and had a couple other very close chances. Uh, but overall, Senegal beat the Qataris earlier today. And uh, we started it off with uh, a draw. So, uh, But listen, we'll be talking about this England-USA game, which is on right now, which is 0-0 into the 13th minute. Another big one uh, when it comes to the tournament. Uh, but the game everyone's going to be talking about is, of course, Canada and Croatia. Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Winnipeg time, 7 o'clock here. I will be there. And if you haven't already, folks, make sure you're, uh, you're um, following Cool Bet Canada on Twitter and Instagram and my Instagram at Hustlerama and, of course, Twitter at, at Hustlerama. We will have some great sights and sounds of the stadium the thousands of Canadians that have come here to the Middle East to support our men's national team, as well as some shots and videos from inside the stadium on Sunday morning before we kick off at 10 a.m. While the World Cup is the big story here, back in Winnipeg, we've got lots to get to. Ed Tate's going to join us to talk Bombers, the Patty Newfeld extension, and more of the big stories around the team heading into the offseason post-Grey Cup disappointment last Sunday. And it was a big day yesterday in the National Football League as well. Uh, three games, one of which was attended by Ken Weeb, who will join us before Jet Stars. And Ken's going to come on a little later on. He'll be here in hour two when we get ready for the ever-popular marble race, our first international marble race. And Lee Hacksaw Hamilton's going to jump on the program as well. So very, very busy, Reem. But, of course, yesterday, a lot of people paying attention to those football games Ken was there. The entire Winnipeg Jets team was there as well. They sort of joked that, uh, you know, the Jets were lucky that uh, Rick Bonus didn't crack the whip and maybe cancel that off day and get the guys out skating this afternoon. 
Hopefully they'll reward their coach with a much better performance in his delayed homecoming to Dallas, where he was the head coach last year after missing the first trip to Dallas when he was out with COVID at the beginning of the season. Yeah, big divisional matchup. The Jets uh, were taken down by the Stars in the first one in Dallas. Uh, The Jets got revenge uh, when they returned here. And now they're going back. Uh, They had some great games last year, a lot of them going to overtime, and Dallas uh, taking a number of those and kind of sinking the Jets' uh, playoffs hopes, you know, with all those overtime losses. But uh, here's the picture of the Jets at the Cowboys game yesterday. Sorry, podcast listeners. But I always wanted to see who was in a jersey. We got Josh Morrissey rocking a jersey. Dylan DeMello, I think he's got Zeke. What does Morrissey got, like Emmett Smith? Emmett, yeah, Emmett, old school. No, I, I like that. Oh, and then I, I was that Dubois. Was that Terrell Owens? Dubois? Yeah, that yeah. PLD's got a TO. He's got <laughs> That's hilarious. He's got the TO. So Dubois posted that. So uh, pretty cool. I mean, you're not going to see like Mason Appleton rocking a Cowboys jersey. We talked about his, his Packers fandom. But I mean, that looks like a nice time. They got the blocks. We'll hear about it from Ken. Uh, we do have some Jets uh, lineup changes, though. Um, for tonight and some good news we're going to be getting some bodies back in the lineup uh, most notably Dylan DeMello who missed the last couple of games with an injury do we, do we know even even know the specifics he was in a non-contact jersey but he did uh, put on the regular jersey today and he confirmed he confirmed to Mike McIntyre himself that he would be in uh, Mike tweeting out Dylan DeMello is in source DeMello he told me, <laughs> and here, here are the lines. Connor Dubois, Gagne, Perfetti, Shifley, Wheeler, uh, Harkins, Lowry, Mikey Isamon, who we've talked about, who's really made an impact uh, since coming back up. Uh, AJF, that's Axel Janssen, Fjallby, uh, David Gustafson, and Staku, Minaline, and Morrissey, Pionk, Schmidt, Dillon, Sandberg, DeMello, and Connor Hellebuck starting in goal. We did get some, po- you know, some positive injury news as well. Morgan Barron. I think he's going to skate later on this weekend, but should be back for Tuesday's game. So that's the Jets injury situation. And there's the lineup for tonight's game. Big divisional matchup against the Dallas Stars. Yeah. And, you know, I t- you know the uh, the bottom six actually has been shaken up a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, you've got Isimont uh, now, presumably they're playing with uh, Lowry and with Harkins. And, you know, well, I mean, this is Rick Bonus reacting to what he saw in Minnesota. Now, I mean, he's not blowing up the entire top six, um, but he was incredibly, incredibly complimentary of uh, both Hark and Mikey Acemont, and uh, seems like they'll get a chance to maybe play up, you know, with a little bit more of a, of, you know, an important role. But at the same time, uh, you know, David Gustafson was a guy that Rick really did single out as maybe the Winnipeg, uh, Winnipeg's best jet in that game a very miserable 60 minutes against the Minnesota wild. Unfortunately, a story that we've seen before in and around the Thanksgiving weekend. Um, and I just, I think that still, you'll see a lot of Axel uh, Johnson, Fialbi, Menelainen playing with David Gustafson. Um, but the one thing I think we all know is the guys, particularly in the top six are going to be, have to be a hell of a lot better. Um, there was a number of things and we heard on yesterday's show that Rick bonus was not pleased with uh, the overall effort of the team the lack of discipline, um, you know, a lot of chirping at the refs. I mean, it just didn't seem like that Winnipeg Jets team was in the right headspace going into that game. Um, they better be ready tonight because this Dallas Stars team is in first place for a reason so far this year. And Reem, when you think about the two games that these teams have played, 
The home team has really dominated them both. I mean, the Jets had one of their roughest outings of the season early on against the Dallas Stars. And at the same time, a couple weeks back, the Jets had one of their best games of the year at home against the Dallas Stars with a convincing victory that uh, propelled them to the top of the Central Division at the time. Dallas is a really strong team, Hassan. This Jason Robertson, he's becoming uh, so... So underrated that uh, he's now just, you know, people are taking notice. He's got 31 points in 20 games. Uh, Rupe Hintz, 24 and 19. Joe Pavelski, who San Jose, they let him go. Uh, they didn't want to re-sign him, but he's got 22 and 20. Even Jamie Benn, uh, he's making an impact on the power play. He's got 22 and 20. Tyler Sagan, I mean, he's coming, you know, kind of recovered from his major surgery he had before, 16, 20. So their top six is pretty good. Mason Marchment. Big signing. I really like their defense. They got six solid guys throughout the lineup. Uh, Lindell, Heiskanen, uh, Suter. They got a number of good players. And in goal, they got one of the best guys in the league in Jay Cottinger. So this Dallas team, I was kind of out on them. I mean, I couldn't, like, it was thinking, like, how are these guys beating the Jets over and over again? But they are a solid team throughout. And I spoke about it earlier. Like, I'm, I'm kind of concerned about the Jets' performance on the road. We've only seen their A game the game, you know, their prototypical game uh, at home. And this is going to be a tough test. I'd like to think yesterday, maybe they were, or not yesterday, last game, they were looking ahead here to Dallas. But uh, we'll have to see. And one thing about the lineup, you mentioned the top six. We didn't really touch on this. Cole Perfetti, he was benched us in the third period. He took that penalty, kind of retaliatory slash. Bones sat him down, did not see the ice in the third. And we'll have to see how they... The top six respond as they were called out post game. We played all the clips yesterday, and he said the fourth line was the best line. I was actually surprised too that he called them the fourth line because if you ask other coaches, they're like, "Oh no, we don't, we don't have line line numbers on this <laughs> well, team." I mean, that's hey, that's what I like about Bones. I mean, he pretty much everyone knows, everyone sees the way the list goes, everyone knows the order that they're being thrown out. Um, but man, you even go back to the Monday game. You know, with the way that Gustafson played, um, you know, he's been consistent. I mean, he's made a case that he deserves more ice time. And we all know what happened in the final five minutes of the Carolina game before Josh Morrissey prevented disaster and uh, got the two points for the Winnipeg Jets on a breakaway. But um, listen, the fourth line is not going to be the line that, you know, puts the Jets over the top or kind of goes in and, you know, is the team they takes over the game when we're talking about this game against the Dallas Stars. The Jets' top six is going to be have to be way better. And listen, Cole Perfetti right now, um, you know, he needs to he needs to step up a little bit. I, obviously, I mean, I can understand he's a young player. Things are getting frustrating at times. And, you know, it's a couple times he's taken a, you know, retaliatory penalty that, um, you know, some would say is foolish. I'm not saying that this is, you know, it's happened twice this year. We remember what happened in the Calgary game. But the common denominator of it, Remus, is playing against bigger tougher teams that are going to make you pay for every inch of ice. Um, and, you know, I think the challenge for Cole is to be able to hang in these divisional games and be able to handle the physicality of them and rise above it and not get frustrated and not take penalties, not end up costing your team um, and finding a way to, you know, be the offensive spark plug that he's been all of his life in this group right now. He wasn't alone. I mean, Dubois in the penalty box. Blake Wheeler has been in the penalty box. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's been a bunch of guys, so we're not singling anybody out. 
But I will say this, if someone's wondering like, well, why Cole was in that situation? Well, I mean, he's basically a rookie in the National Hockey League. And sometimes coaches, I think, need to make sure that they are very clear with younger players on what's expected of them. Uh, and I think he'll be given every opportunity to come back and, you know, show that, you know, he's learning and he'll be able to take it in. Uh, but as I said, I mean, when I look at this game tonight, I'm not going to be focusing in on Cole Perfetti. Uh, I'll be looking at the two guys in the middle, Mark Shifley, as well as uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor. And hey, you know, the team had a great outing yesterday. They're going to be going into this game, I think, realizing that they've got a lot to prove. And much like we spoke about that game against the Dallas Stars a little earlier this season at home for the Winnipeg Jets, where they got that win in the first head-to-head -head matchup for Rick Bonus. I imagine they'll want to redeem themselves for an ugly outing in Minnesota. And I think they'll also want to try and make it for a, for a much nicer homecoming for Bones after um, leaving the Dallas Stars at the end of the year. Yeah, and you know, you talk about Cole Perfetti, I, and he's kind of been thrust in this role here at the top six forward, but among rookies in the league, I mean, he's 11th in a you know tie with a number of players with nine points in 18 games. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Matty Berniers on Seattle. He's he's leading all rookies in scoring right now, 14 points in 19 games. And I think that's why Bones gave him a little uh, smack talk uh, after the game. He said it wasn't good enough. And they're going to have to be ready tonight for a big game in Dallas. You know, traditionally, I, I remember some of these, you know, Black Friday games where they weren't ready to play. We talk about last year. I remember there was, we talked about one in San Jose. Hellbuck made like 50 saves. Uh, or something. So uh, I'm expecting a, a tough Dallas squad, but maybe the Jets, they had some team building yesterday. They went to the Cowboys game and now, you know, teams that what that watch uh, football together, win together, right? Isn't, isn't that the saying that everyone says? <laughs> well, uh, I'm not sure if they've ever said that before, but hopefully yeah, they same. will be saying it after tonight in a much better performance by the Winnipeg Jets than what we saw against the Minnesota wild. We'll have more on this game tonight with Ken Weeb coming up a little bit later on. We're going to talk some pigskin, focus in on the hometown Bombers, as well as everything that happened, including in Dallas yesterday with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Uh, but Ed Tate is teed up. He's going to join us in just a minute. Uh, before we do that, folks, if you've missed the news, we are incredibly excited to be teaming up with our friends at Wallace & Wallace and Winnipeg Jets defenseman Josh Morrissey with the new program we call the Winnipeg Sports Talk and Wallace and Wallace Unsung Hero. And what we're looking for from you is to hear the stories of some of the people in your life, in your community that are quietly going about their business, making Winnipeg and Manitoba a better place, whether it be charity work with registered charities, whether it be people that spend those extra hours volunteering at the community center or within minor hockey or other minor sports or maybe just the incredible neighbor that when the snow dumps when you wake up in the morning they've already cleared the uh, lots of a number of neighbors including maybe some seniors that aren't able to do it themselves what we need from you is to send us their stories at unsung hero or sorry send us an email to unsung hero at winnipegsports.com um, we'll be sharing some of these stories throughout the month. And at the end of each month, you're going to be able to give the recipient of the Unsung Hero Award a autographed jersey from none other than Josh Morrissey of the Winnipeg Jets. And it gets even better than that. Wallace and Wallace will be donating $500 
on behalf of the Winnipeg Sports Talk listener or viewer that nominated that month's Unsung Hero. And Josh and Margot Morrissey are going to match that donation all in support of the Dream Factory, which does so much for many kids that are battling serious illnesses in our community. And of course, Josh Morrissey is a spokesperson for the Dream Factory. So let us know your stories of those unsung heroes. Send us an email, unsunghero at winnipegsports.com. And we'll look forward to uh, sharing those with you at the end of the month and announcing our first winner. Um, Speaking of winners, marbles are back today. But when I am back, we are so fired up. And I cannot thank Joe and the gang at Consolidated Supply enough for this. Consolidate Supply has stepped up with an unbelievable prize. And because of that, and we owe you a few marble races, December is going to be marbles month. You can take the 12 days of Christmas. We will give you the 12 days of marbles and the Winnipeg Sports Talk Marbles Tournament of Champions. We're going to be dropping the marbles for 12 straight days. The top three in each race, we're going to go, it will go to the finals. And the final show of 2022, our final act will be our championship race. And get this, Consolidated Supply is giving us a pair of Winnipeg Blue Bombers season tickets for 2023 for the winner of the Marbles Tournament of Champions. So you know where to be. You're already here with us if you're with us live on YouTube. Stick around for our normal Friday marble race and get ready because December is Marbles Month, courtesy of Consolidated Supply, who, of course, are your first choice for golf equipment, irrigation, landscape, artificial turf, small engine parts, not to mention hot tubs, outdoor kitchens, and more for that dream backyard. Head on over to cte.ca to find out more what Consolidated Supply has in store and what they can do for you. And, of course, they are open to the public. So pop in, see Spicy, see Joe, see what they've got going on. They're at 1395 Niaqua Road East. Um, And, fellas, hey, don't forget, November is Men's Health Month, and choosing the right natural products are key. Vita Health is the spot with great prices on natural organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, not to mention Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products too. VitaHealth carries everything you need to help relieve prostate issues, reduce stress, and support mental focus from Canadian brands like Prairie Naturals, who donate a portion of the sales to the Canadian Men's Mental uh, Canadian Men's Health Foundation. And if you can't make it down to one of the stores, you can visit VitaHealth's new fully shoppable website, to buy online, schedule delivery, or in-store pickup, and that is at myvita.ca. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives with seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. All right, keeping an eye on this England-USA match at 0-0 in the 30th minute, Uh, but we're not talking football now. We're talking football, Canadian football, three-down football, and sort of transitioning from the disappointment of Sunday for the Bombers in Regina to another very important offseason to try and keep the nucleus of this championship-level squad together. Let's welcome in our good friend Ed Tate from BlueBombers.com to uh, get the latest. Eddie, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing all right, Huss. Maybe not as good as you. I see, and I know this doesn't help the podcast listeners, but... I'm looking at the background there. You look like you got a pretty sweet setup. The bed's made. Hotel room looks rocking compared to what we had in Regina. Let's put it that way. 
It is. I will tell you, if the Ezdan Palace was in downtown Regina, it probably would be the place to be. No disrespect to Hotel Regina or anything else. This is, uh, I mean, like everything in the city, to be honest, Ed, it's uh, it's really something to behold. Uh, okay. uh, no expenses were spared, I think, in the creation of this city. And, um, well, I guess when you're per capita, uh, basically, I think every Qatari is like a multimillionaire based on how much money <laughs> that they have right now. So, uh uh, I know it's pretty spectacular. The stadiums have been amazing. Uh, and listen, being a part of the World Cup has been something. I mean, I, you know, I talked about it earlier this week. I mean, it would really suck to miss Grey Cup week because of how much fun it is bringing everybody together that loves Canadian football. This World Cup, um, and again, we're in a, a place that is strange. It's culture shock. I mean, there's many things that are um, routine where we're from that are not here. Uh, but the spirit of people coming really from around the world to support their teams and to come together has been really, really cool. It was an all-time thrill to be there singing Oh Canada as Canada returned to the World Cup earlier this week against Belgium. And I cannot wait for the game coming up on uh, Sunday against the Croatians and again the uh, other match that I'll be seeing involving Canada against Morocco next week. That being said, Ed, I did get here late, late at night on Sunday I had a chance to check into the hotel, rip around the neighborhood to find a spot to, uh, you know, grab a few Diet Pepsis and some junk food to watch the game and then settle down to watch the Grey Cup. And I mean, listen, from a CFL standpoint, it was an absolute thriller. Had a little bit of everything. Obviously, though, for uh, everyone that cheers for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and certainly that's involved in the organization, a really tough, heartbreaking loss that shows that, you know, nothing is guaranteed in this uh, in this league and in sports. Um, that must have been a very different plane ride home than uh, most of the rides so far. Never mind this year, but over the last three years, especially the last two after the championship game. Yeah, it's a real good point, Huss. Um, I've still got on my phone uh, pictures and videos from the win in Hamilton last year in the Grey Cup and just the sights and sounds of that plane ride home. And you're right, just the, a complete 180 from that uh, on Monday when we came back from Regina. Um, look, when Janarian Grant took that punt return, 102 yards to start the fourth quarter, um, I thought that's the, that's the spark. That's the, the game. That's the play that's going to win the game for the Blue Bombers. And I started to write about the dynasty that we have witnessed, right? Because I figured they were going to lock it down. But I mean, right after that, there's a convert miss. There's two punt or two interceptions in the fourth quarter. We saw a field goal blocked by Nick Hallett and then another one. Just so much unfolded in that fourth quarter. The Ar Argos rally behind Chad Kelly with their starter on the bench. It just seemed to be there for Winnipeg. And that's the sense you get now around the office here in the last couple of days is kind of a, a, you know, there's a lot of cursing still going along, a lot of on, there's a lot of disbelief and, uh, it just really does feel like a lost opportunity. And as Mike O'Shea said yesterday, when someone asked him how long this stings, he said forever. You know, you, you sometimes it's unfortunate, but you you wear the losses more than you enjoy the wins. And I think I'm seeing that now around the office here. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, you like there were two plays in the second half where I just said, I mean, I was with Jake, who's here from Toronto. And I mean, we're watching this game. And, you know, first of all, it was the second possession when Zach Caleros looked like he was about to be sacked. He runs around, buys some time, 
looked pretty good doing it, hit Dalton Schoen, and I'm like, my God, he just did it again. And then they went down and, you know, answered the Argos touchdown, and here we go again. The Bombers always finding a way to make it happen, and then Janarian Grant with that special teams play. I mean, just as a side, if you told me that the Bombers were going to run a kick back and block a punt at, or, you know, at, a, at a crucial time, a field goal at a crucial time, I would have told you that, I mean, they're winning for sure, and yet... The Argos had a couple of those plays of their own. They had a big return, albeit not go to the house. And man, Swag Kelly coming in <laughs> so close to being sacked on that second and what was it, 15. Mm-hmm. And he ended up running. I don't know how long that run was. It must have been 25, 30, uh, 30 yards. And all of a sudden they're knocking on the door. And then the Argo backup putting it into the end zone. I mean, that just didn't honestly didn't seem possible, Ed. And um, uh, the rest was history. It was uh, it, it was tough, but you know, not to be lost in you know one loss by one point in a championship game was, you know, what this group has accomplished um, for the last three seasons um, from top to bottom of the organization. Um, but obviously, it's a little bit of a different feeling going into the off season but doesn't change very much for Kyle Walter's job because win or lose the minute you finished that game and got to Monday, there was a big long to-do list of um, how you keep this group together, how you make them better and how you get back to the game next year, but ended up with a different result. Yeah. The team's at a really interesting place. Um, Michael Shea was doing exit meetings with players the last couple of days. You're right. They're looking at their free agent list. It's, you know, it's, you and I talked about it last week when, when I was in Regina and we had all that technical issues. I still apologize for that, but the Bombers haven't, to me, haven't brought their A game in a playoff game since 2019 and the Great Cup, you know, think of the, the two games last year weren't their best. And, and this year, uh, I thought they played well in the West final. There's still some points left out there. And then we saw what happened last week in Regina. So you've got to be careful now about you know, this is a team that set a franchise record with 15 wins, but everybody gets older. Everybody wants more money. We've got to, you know, you've got to be really careful about how you try to keep this together. At the same time, you've got to find another Dalton Schoen. You've got to find another Dietrich Nichols or D. Alford, who's with the Atlanta Falcons now. You've got to keep that hunt going. You can't run back with the same team. So, you know, I'm looking at the list of prospective free agents. There's still 25 names on there. And a lot of big names, you know, a lot of guys that are starters, including Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat and uh, Adam Hill, like a lot of star players that you've got to take care of first. But it's also, uh, you know, the same team that took the field in Regina on Sunday isn't going to be there when training camp opens. And you still got to try to get better, even though you were 15 and three and look like you were, I mean, still could be a, a modern day dynasty if you can get it done. Uh, next year, I think people would be saying that three and four years is pretty amazing. So you know, a lot of work to do. There always is in this league with the shorter term contracts, but see if they can lock up some guys that uh, people will recognize. Well, um, Ed, one guy that's not on that free agent list as announced yesterday was Patty Newfeld, and uh, mm-hmm. he's an all star this year. I mean, he has really turned into, um, you know, one of those foundational pieces up front for an offensive line that. You know, I thought certainly he was much more successful in the run blocking game than they were sometimes preventing Argo defense uh, defense uh, defenders getting into the backfield in the passing game right now. But uh, 
what uh, what do we know about the deal? And just in your opinion, how important is it uh, for a start like that to one of the most important parts of the uh, of the team's makeup, the offensive line to get Patty Newfeld back locked and loaded for next season? Well, there's a couple of things related to that, Huss, just sort of what you talked about. Um, Pat Newfeld's an all-star two years in a row. He's Canadian. He's experienced. If he had gone to market, he would have got a ton of money, right? Because there's teams all over this league that want that kind of help, including in his home province of Saskatchewan. Um, the thing that's kind of lost with about Patty sometimes is that uh, he's one of those guys that really has helped shape the, the culture that everybody talks about so much here in the locker room. He got here in 2013. Uh, you know, Jake Thomas was, was here. Uh, they've had to, you know, kind of tread water through some tough times, but he's one of those cornerstone guys. And so I think Pat Newfeld, the player is real important, but Pat Newfeld, the leader probably doesn't get enough credit for what he has done in that room. And those guys talk all the time. If there's a a slightest small step back in, in FIFO and that everybody knows what that means. um, And that's their culture. If there's a step back in there, it's a guys like Pat Newfeld that kind of snap it back to attention. So um, that's a big one. You know, I still look at the old line names there, Michael Couture, Stanley Bryant, Jamarcus Hardrick, all heading to free agency or pending free agents. Those are big names. Those are three starters. So, Again, long list of guys to, to to knock off here still, but getting Pat Newfeld back is kind of one of those underrated signings. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, we've heard um, reports, not necessarily out of the team, but, um, and, you know, Willie Jefferson was pretty clear on social media saying, you know, this is home for him now. He wants mm-hmm. to be there. Um, do we know at all? Uh, what can you tell us about, um, you know, where things are at with, uh, just with Willie or any, I mean, have contract They've got one guy done, but I guess what I'm hoping is that Darren Cameron's busy running out a bunch of press releases that'll have him in the desk and he can kind of roll those out every few days and give us something to talk about. Well, um, um, because I think it's pretty clear that these guys are a close group. They've accomplished so much together. And I would imagine that all things being equal, if they have the opportunity to stay, these guys starting with Willie will be blue bombers next season. Yeah, Willie made it pretty clear when we had the uh, the media availability on Tuesday that he was going to be back. As you've said, Huss, he's got a place here and here and him and his family in Winnipeg now. So that's as a, a big a commitment as a guy from Texas can can make to an organization yeah. in the city, right? To move here and give up uh, living in Texas in the winter for for a Winnipeg winter. Um, I, I don't. I think it'd be shocking if he goes somewhere else at this point. I you know, and you. You touched on it. There's so many guys here. Like I was in here yesterday and there's a bunch of guys still in the locker room, hanging out, listening to music. And, you know, I know they were drinking some beers there on, on Tuesday too. And, you know, obviously drowning your sorrows a little bit, but there, there is something really special about this group and how tight they are and guys want to come back. So um, I'm hoping that Darren Cameron is busy putting together press releases and doing contracts too, because, uh, um, there's this is a, a pretty cool team. And like I say, when you go 15 and three, you don't want to change too much. So um, we'll see. Uh, you know, you've got a, a chance here now between, you know, the start of December and, and February to get most of these guys done. If guys haven't signed by, you know, mid to late January, then I'd start to worry about where they're going or if they've got other options. But I would expect a, a kind of a consistent uh, trotting out signings here and there from now till into next month for sure. 
Ed Tate of BlueBombers.com with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. We've talked about a bunch of free agents. The one guy that we didn't mention is maybe the key to it all, and that's head coach mm-hmm. Mike O'Shea. And, uh, I mean, maybe for folks that didn't hear Mike, um, you know, speak this week, um, you know, you mentioned him, you know, answering the questions about how much this hurts and the guys will remember this forever. And, you know, he said he can remember missed plays and losses more than maybe the big plays and big games. And that's, I think, the competitive nature of a champion like Mike. But um, he's so he's so crucial, in my opinion, to what has been built here. Um how would you describe the situation with Mike? I mean, it seems like he loves it here, uh, but he's also done a hell of a job and certainly will have plenty of interest uh, for his services. Um, where do things stand right now with Mike and now how do you see them going forward? And what can you, what can you tell us about that? Yeah. So Mike spoke for quite a while yesterday, I think about 20 minutes with the media and uh, you know, he was kind of peppered with those kind of questions about his future and his contract being up and, he kept saying the same thing, you know, uh, the exit meetings with players takes precedent. He's had uh, kind of a casual conversation with Wade Miller, the president, about his deal. Uh, but he wanted to make sure that the players, um, you know, had whatever information or any questions they wanted to ask him first dealt with, and then they would get to his uh, contract. I saw him, Mike, this morning. Um I mean, look, he's done an amazing job here. Everybody knows that. He's the kind of the, the culture builder, right? All these players will go through a wall for him. Uh, I think people were hoping for more clarity from him yesterday, but I don't think it was surprising either that he put the players first and wanted to make sure that they had all their stuff done before they had to head out of town before he gets to him. That's just the way he does everything. So, um, you know, I'm hoping, and I think a lot of people are, that uh, – He'll just, you know, sit down with Wade and, and crank this out uh, however long it will take because uh, that's the biggest question mark of all. We can talk about the big names on the free agent list, but it's almost uh, hard to fathom this team not being guided by Mike O'Shea next year and in the years ahead because, I mean, we talk about the statues that are around this team at the way he's going around the stadium. There should be another statue going up. Um, you know, you could even start carving it out now because uh, he's the third winningest coach in franchise history behind Bud Grant and Cal Murphy. They both have statues, you know, and he's won a couple great cups already. So, I mean, if he can get locked up for more, we're going to probably be talking about one of the greatest coaches in, in Canadian football history and certainly in Blue Bomber history. Well, you're you're exactly right. And, you know, I mean, I don't want to take away from any player on the team. Um, Willie or Biggie, obviously Zach has his, uh, has his extension and he will be part of the club, uh, presumably or presumably going forward because he is signed, but I can't even think about what this blue bomber team is. If Mike O'Shea is not there as the leader of it. And, and I would imagine that goes the same for most of the players in the locker room. Ed. Absolutely. It does. I'm sure that when he was having his exit meetings, the, the players that, are comfortable enough to ask Mike would say, well, what about you? You know, you're, you're answering all my questions. I got one for you. Are you back? And I think that would probably have been uh, part of a lot of conversations in, in his exit meetings. Um, it's a big one, right? We, you know, the, the roster has changed so much since Mike took over in 2014. There's been so much change in the culture and the winning. Um, but you know, the, the constant has been, Mike and, and Wade and Kyle Walters, and uh, they've built something special here. And you're right, it really is hard to imagine 
him not being here next year because it's a transient league, um, but it doesn't have to be at that position. And then the other question becomes, you know, Montreal and Ottawa are looking for coaches, but they're not going to drag their feet for too long too, because they got to get going on things to prepare. So um, I don't want to say that there's a game of poker being played here between uh, Wade and Mike, but because you just like to think they're going to nail this down, but the, the options start to, to uh, diminish if, if Ottawa and Montreal make their decisions and, and move on with somebody else. Right. Well, for sure. Um, and you know, Mike's such a no BS guy. Uh, he's got, I mean, listen, I mean, the, the results are the results. Um, you know, last Sunday by one point, notwithstanding, I mean, the job that he's done, um, is, I mean, it, it is the foundation of this club along with the number of number of players and players will come and go, but having, you know, a coach of that level, um, I think rises everyone out and, and it, you know, it, it affects every single aspect of the entire operation. So uh, it certainly is important and that would be great to get clarity. You know, one thing that I'm not sure whether I've missed this or ever asked, but do we know, is Kyle Walters signed long-term? I mean, uh, is, uh, well, where, where, where's he at right now as far as his, uh, term of, of commitment to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers he's got uh, one more year on his contract okay. if I'm if I'm correct yep so they I don't they weren't aligned Mike's is uh, expiring but Kyle's got one more year well it's uh you know needless to say it's going to give us a lot to talk about over the next little while and hopefully there'll be many positive uh, po- positive discussions on Winnipeg sports talk of key members coming back I will say this Ed and I and I, and I say this to you not as uh maybe a member of the organization or bluebombers.com, but as someone that has covered the Canadian football league for a long, long time and loves the league and believes in it. I got to tell you the one, the one thing that actually did sort of put a smile on my face this week, after all the garbage that we hear about, you know, the way the Argos are um, treated in Toronto, um, you know, they had an incredible victory um, they got it done. I will say this. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised by just how many people were out in uh, that square celebrating that championship. Um, I certainly would not have pegged a crowd like that considering everything that we've seen this year. And, you know, maybe just maybe, unfortunately at our, when I say our Winnipeg and the team's expense, uh, you know, in the big game, Maybe just maybe this can be the spark of something that can sort of get that organization back to the level that, you know, it needs to be in the league needs it to be. Absolutely. Hass, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, as painful as it was to see some of those shots from, from the, I guess it's Nathan Phillips square or wherever they had it in Toronto. It was cool to see that many people there. You know, you wonder how many people are real Argos fans and how many people are kind of walking downtown and, and said, what the hell's going on here? Let's go check it out. Right. So, um, I'm hoping that the Argos can take advantage of that. They, you know, they've got, uh, you know, they're kind of trending, as they say, right now, right? And so take advantage of it somehow. Try to get – I still can't believe that I'm in that market, and I've been covering the league since 1990, that you can't get 25,000 people on a consistent basis to go down there, that you can't get uh, sponsorship deals, that you, know, that you can't be uh, kind of a cool thing to do on a summer night uh, – and a fall afternoon in Toronto. It's the biggest market in this country. Uh, the CFL needs it to be successful. Uh, so, yes, again, from, from Bomber Nation, as, as much as that was painful to watch yesterday, 
I hope there's some momentum there because there's good people working there too. You know, Mike Pinball, Clements, Ryan Dinwiddie has got a connection to the Bombers, Pete Costanza, Mike Hogan, their their radio guy is just a prince of a man. So I'm hoping they can get that figured out there and build on this somehow. Ed, well, listen, uh, you know, on behalf of Remus and, uh, you know, everyone in the chat, Bomber fans that tune into our program, um, we can't thank you enough for everything that you've done and uh, taking the time to join us on a regular basis throughout the year. Uh, and I hope you've got some more time to uh, have some thought chats about important members of this club uh, coming back very quickly on the way out. Cause we're going to get to hacks on actually talk a little NFL. Um, what are you hearing about Dalton shown? Um, is the word out there that there is NFL interest or uh, is it just sort of assumed that he had such a great rookie season that there will be some teams sniffing around and um, should we not count on Dalton automatically coming back to the bombers in the CFL next year? Yeah, it's an interesting one. He's going to get interest. He's still young. You know, I guess the one concern I, I would have is that he has had three looks from NFL teams. But, you know, this rookie season, you could see so much growth even during the season. So I'm sure that the player we see now is different than the guy that had a look from the Chargers and the Chiefs and the Commanders. I think uh, he'll get a look. pretty I don't good know tape, whether, too. <laughs> you have pretty good tape. I don't know whether we can count on him coming back or not. He's still He's still under contract. So... If he doesn't like what he gets, I'm hoping that he gets a real deal, right? Like a real opportunity that he takes a look at a depth chart, that he doesn't sign somewhere and then have that team, you know, draft two receivers with their first two picks. I just hope that if he's going to go down there, that he gets a legit shot because the guy deserves it after the year he had. Ed, thanks for doing this. Uh, Have a great weekend. Enjoy Canada, Croatia on Sunday. You bet. Thanks for having me on all year. We'll talk. You got it. Appreciate it. There's Ed Tate. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Ed Tate WFC. All right. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton coming up. We will be heading to Dallas to tee up tonight's Stars Jets game with Ken Weeb a little bit later on. Just before we get to Hacksaw and talk a little NFL and more, got to give a big shout out to our friends at Not Auto Corp. And hey, Remo and I are going to talk about this bit more, but, you know, thoughts on the Jets for our why not question of the day. Uh, the Jets at Thanksgiving in a playoff spot right now. We know what that means. Are you surprised? How is your feeling? Can they keep it going? Will they be there at the end of the season? Hit us up in the chat and in the comments on today's YouTube channel for today's why not question of the day. Of course, folks, if you are looking for a new vehicle or thinking about upgrading your current whip, head on down and talk to the experts at not amazing vehicles on the lot. And if there's a particular make and model, that you've got your heart set on, the Nod experts will find it, source it, get it here to Winnipeg, and get you in it at the best possible price. And don't forget, well, you don't need to be reminded that winter's here in Winnipeg. Um, If you don't have your winter tires yet, what are you waiting for? Um, Great deals on winter tires at Nod and MPI payment plans. So uh, why not get safe winter tires right now and pay later at Nod Auto Corp. Pop down and see in Waverly and McGilvery, and of course, online at not.ca black Friday sale today at Royal sports. Check the Instagram at Royal sports, Pemina for everything that they are blowing out right now. Still have time to get there after the show before we drop the puck in Dallas this evening. And of course they'll have great black Friday sale uh, extending into the weekend as well. So pop down to Royal and don't forget right there, Canada, Croatia. If you don't have your Canada soccer gear, They have the best selection, probably one of the best selections of Canada soccer gear in the entire country. Um, 
jerseys, Estacchio, David, Davies, hoodies, toques, scarfs. They've got it all. Get ready for the big game at Royal Sports and make sure to check out all the incredible deals for Black Friday at Royal Sports at 750 Pamina Highway. Some great Black Black Friday deals as well at F Apparel. Always have great deals because they have custom suits for men beginning at just $400. The best selection of custom men's clothing, shirts, pants, and more. All the accessories and Black Friday deals are on now up until November 28th next week. And hey, guys, if you do have a wedding party coming up next week in the next year, if you're uh, in one in the summer or maybe having your own wedding, you still have some time to talk to Andrew and the experts. Get down there. Get your guys fitted up by the end of November and booked in. Special deal. Free shirt for everybody in the wedding party and 10% off your order. Savings up to $130 per guy. Find out more. F Apparel. Give them a phone call or check them out online and make an appointment at F. That's E-P-H Apparel.com. All right. Some Football talk and maybe some football talk. We call it soccer. Let's go out to the West Coast. I got to say, you know, usually we're always dealing with a bit of a time change between myself and Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. uh, Saw, what time is it there right now? Hustler, it is 12 noon Pacific Standard Time. Is it the middle of the night where you are? It is, it's just about, it's just about 11, 11 p.m. right now. So just a, just a little 11 hours, opposite ends of the clock, but I'm sure we're watching the same thing right now. Um, have you been keeping an eye on this England-USA matchup so far before you jumped on with us? I'm glad you planned our newsmaker call at halftime of England-USA. Man, they are, they are sniping shots at those keepers. Those keepers have really been busy. My heart is in my throat. I love the English Premier League. I might be the only guy in San Diego that gets up at 4.30 in the morning on Saturdays to watch the EPL. But it's been a pretty good game. They they kind of sorted themselves out the first five minutes. Everybody was hesitant. And then bingo, Harry Kane took off. And then bingo at the other end, Christian Pulisic I had a couple of unbelievable opportunities. So I don't think this will end up nil-nil. And by the way, I saw pictures of you on Twitter in the pool drinking Canadian club. You're the man. Well, there was no Canadian club to, to just to, for the record, I don't need the Emir or anyone thinking that I've been breaking the rules outside here in Qatar. Um, I was a little bit of a promo. We were getting hyped for the big Canada Belgian game, but you did see an ice cold Budweiser in my hand at the game because um Thanks to our great friends at CoolBet that I've been doing a bunch of work for out here. Our seats, Lee, were, and we didn't know this till we got there. We went in the gate that it said, and they go, oh, you go into this lounge. And all of a sudden, there was all this food, and there was beer. And that was like an oasis in the middle of the desert for someone like me here for two weeks in Qatar. Um, had a really great time. That was a nice uh, a nice touch. But honestly, what was uh, what was really amazing was, um, you know, to be there for the return of Canada to the World Cup. And, you know, being here and being around people from all around the world, um, you realize how special this is, how much it means to so many people. And my God, I mean, the Canadians that have showed up here halfway around the world to welcome our team back in um, is something that I will never forget. Singing the anthem and watching the way our guys performed. Lee, I mean, you do watch a lot of the game. Um I can safely say I think we deserved a better fate. It was only the first game, but man, they ran with the number two ranked 
team in the world, the Belgians, in number one. But we've got a work cut out for us against a good Croatian team and the Moroccans if we want to be hanging around after the first three matches in the group stage. Point of information. Now, when you come home, will you be the only guy walking through the airport in Winnipeg wearing a shirt with pictures of palm trees and surfboards on it? Is that true? <laughs> Probably. I did not bring a jacket. I, did, I, I traveled a little light, um, so it might be the old Winnipeg shuffle sprinting to uh, the car or the cab once we get back. Uh, but oh, hopefully, so cool that you're there. Hopefully. I think that is so great and yeah. it's so electric. You know, I went, I went to, when I was the voice of the Chargers, we played in Tokyo and we played in Berlin in international games. And I did my talk show. I did four hours from the hotel lobby. But because of the time change, I was on the air from 11 p.m. Berlin time till 2 a.m. Berlin time. And all these people walk, walking in from the pubs in Berlin and say, who are these idiots in the hallway doing a talk show in the middle of the night in Germany back to the West Coast? So it's, it's so cool for you to be there and be in that event. Okay, let's talk NFL football because there's a lot of topics on the table. Well, there was. I mean, uh, just quickly, I mean, we had the full slate of turkey games. And by the way, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Hopefully you've uh, got out of the food coma after yesterday. Uh, but we did have some great games. What were the big takeaways? Why don't we start off with the Vikings? Because I think there was a lot of nervous Viking fans after the way they got their asses handed to them by the Cowboys at home the week before. Man, they bounced back. And you know what? The Patriots were live too. Mac Jones, that offense sort of you know, showed up after doing nothing against the Jets the week before. Uh, but man, that's a big, big bounce back win and a big one for Kirk Cousins, who has a sort of a dubious record in prime time. He got it done along with Justin Jefferson, proving that he's the best in the league right now at that position. Yeah, a whole bunch of layers to that story. One, Minnesota's done it and been living on the ragged edge and rallying from behind and all that. Thanks to Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins and the other complimentary pieces they have. But the defense hasn't been real good. And I think that two weeks ago in Dallas in that 40-3 to thrashing, I thought, oh, this is a dose of reality. Now Kevin O'Connell's got a real problem. But they came back home, and their defense played much grittier. Now, I grant you, New England doesn't have great firepower, and that's a big issue. And the defense still gave up, about 382 yards uh, to quarterback Mac Jones. But that was a huge statement win for Minnesota to overcome the past adversity, get back the way they play, and just really be aggressive down the field. And nobody's going to take these wins away from them. I don't care if they got holes on their defense and they can't stop the run or quarterbacks can tear them apart. You're not going to take these wins away from these guys. And they believe in what O'Connell is doing with, with X's and O's. In terms of New England, uh, it, it's been Jekyll Hyde at quarterback. You know, one game Matt Jones looks fabulous. Next game he looks terrible. Third game people are yelling for the rookie, Bailey Zappi. Uh, New England's not a great, great team, but at least yesterday, uh, Thanksgiving Day, they had they, they put on a pretty good offensive show. You know, um, the Bills have had a weird season. I mean, they were, and I mean, they are still obviously a real Super Bowl contender. They People kind of thought there was them and everywhere else. That's changed over the last little while. Um, bizarrely, they had two wins in five days in Detroit, Michigan, but, man, they got pushed by the Lions. And I got to tell you, Lee, um, you know, for a team that was one and six or three weeks ago or so, man, the Lions don't quit. Um, you know, they handed the Giants a very costly loss in New York last week, and they gave the Buffalo Bills all they could handle yesterday in the Turkey Day opener. 
I'll say one thing. These guys really play hard for Dan Campbell. And I had reservations when he was hired because he was kind of mouthy and he said a lot of <laughs> weird off 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 the t- top. The comments. kneecap biting but, really got people. Uh, they, we all remember that yeah, one. Yeah, it caught your attention. But I'll tell you what, they, they, they had a lot of high draft picks. Virtually all their draft picks are planned. And they're doing this with a defense. This whole secondary has been torn up. They've spent a lot of draft picks on on the back end and they can't keep those guys on the field and yet they just play hard and you will get punched in the mouth when you play these guys and there's something fascinating because we saw jared goff out here with the rams and he was a game manager and he struggled under pressure and turned it over he's not doing any of that junk in detroit they have really worked hard with him at the decision making process and they don't have any sexy names at running back nor really at wide receiver they're just workman guys they come to work with their lunch pail and then hit you over the head with the lunch pail so dan campbell's making some real progress and you know they're going to get another high draft pick now maybe they go get some more offensive school guys but hey they're a handful to play on any given sunday they don't scare you when you look at their roster but boy they do they treat you rudely on the field and they're just a, kind of a, a takeoff of the persona of Dan Campbell. And you mentioned the, the uh, Cowboys and the giants. I think the reality is starting to set in for New York. I mean, they had that nice start and if they can run the ball with Saquon Barkley, they're going to be tough, but they can't do it consistently and they can't protect Daniel Jones consistently. He's taken a lot of sacks and a lot of hits. He's put up big numbers along the way, but you know, for the Giants had the nice start. We're not going to take away those seven wins that they got, but it's kind of, kind of all catching up to them, just like Crosstown is trying to all catching up to the New York Jets too. Well, you know who's catching up to them, the Washington Commanders. And you know, if it was not for one ill-timed pass by Taylor Heineke that ended up in Harris Smith, Harrison Smith's hands a couple of weeks ago when they were up ten against the Minnesota Vikings in the fourth quarter, Lee. This team would have run off six wins in a row. Um, they've got uh, they've got the Falcons this week. Um, what do you make of the resurgent Commanders right now under Riverboat Ron, who's sort of back to his old swashbuckling ways? Well, they play good defense, and they've been doing this without Chase Young, their number one draft pick, their star defensive end. But they do they rock you and sock you with what they have in that defensive front. And Heineke, he's, he, there's not a star status to him, but there's a trust factor because he makes enough plays to manage games and not screw it up. And this is a kid that played at one double-A Old Dominion, and he's back for his third time as a starter because the other guys that were hand-picked candidates didn't get the job done. And now, now they got Carson Wentz on the bench. They're activating him and they're not going to play him because Heineke's managing the game so well. Uh, they, you know, they don't have big time running game, but yet they peck away at you. And then the wide receivers catch passes. A kid from Ohio State, McLaurin, is he's I think he's a pretty good player, kind of grossly underrated. So they're just grinding. You know, they're grinding to get to 500. We'll see if they can stay above 500. But are they are they equal to the marquee teams like the Buffaloes of the world and and uh, the Philadelphia Eagles? No, probably not. But so far, so good. They've kind of really bounced back under Ron Rivera. Now, uh, last Sunday, uh, you know, I was so depressed after the Bombers lost by one in the Grey Cup. And then Patrick Mahomes did cheer me up temporarily with uh, what he did late in the game. Uh, Every time the Chiefs and Chargers play, uh, it's just an absolute thriller. Um, The Chiefs get it done again. They're now taking on the Rams without Matt Stafford, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that the Chiefs would be favored by more than two touchdowns, I think it's 15 and a half right now, I would have said you were crazy. Uh, but 
give us your thoughts on both the Chiefs and the Chargers right now going into this week, taking on very disappointing teams from that NFC West. Chiefs with the Rams and the Arizona Cardinals, the uh, opponents for Justin Herbert and the Bolts. I think the big over over story for the teams out here, both have been destroyed by injuries. I mean, the Rams are just an absolute physical mess. Uh, Matthew Stafford not only uh, has had the elbow problem, then Matthew Stafford had a concussion. Now Matthew Stafford, we're led to believe, has some type of neck stinger that's causing numbness in his legs. Uh, he's, he's in so-called a concussion protocol for the second time in three weeks, Andrew, but they're saying he does not have a concussion from the hits he's taken. He's taken 27 sacks this season. I think it's just a, a cumulative effect. And they don't, they don't have a quality wide receiver now. Cooper Cup has gone six weeks with the ankle surgery. They can't run the bleeping ball. The defense has only four takeaways uh, in the last eight games. So, I mean, the Rams are just a shell of what they were, and now they're going into Kansas City. And I'll say this about Patrick Mahomes. Brandon Staley, the Chargers head coach, told me, uh, we do Zoom calls out here on the West Coast with the coaches, and he said, the one thing about Patrick Mahomes is he can take your best defensive play your best defensive play breaks down his offensive play, but he'll take that broken play, create something off it, and make it a successful play. And Mahomes just continues to do it. You know, whether it's moving the pocket, whether it's running the football out of the pocket, or whether it's running, stopping, and throwing across his body the other side of the field to a wide-open wide receiver, there, this is just one special human being. Uh, the Chargers have been destroyed by injuries. Uh, Justin Herbert his numbers have dropped significantly from what they were a year ago this time, but he doesn't have his wide receivers. He's got he's got a one-dimension running back, and the defense can't stop the run. Brandon Staley's taken a lot of heat out here on the West Coast. I don't I don't think his job should be in jeopardy, but half the world wants him fired. You know, he he, you know, cut his bones as a defensive coordinator in the NFL. His defense cannot stop anybody. They've given up 5.6 yards per carry, and the defense is getting gashed for chunk plays down the field, something like 39 plays at plus 30 yards this season. Uh, so he's catching a lot of heat. Arizona is in big trouble, too. They're four and seven. Hey, if we're looking at coaches that are on the hot seat, um, why don't you pencil in Cliff Kingsbury's name right at the top of the chart? And Kyler Murray has just, he, he's eroded. Uh, part of that's because maybe he doesn't have enough help. His quarterback rating, Hustler, is down to 86. This guy was at 101 a year ago. So Arizona's in big trouble. I think the Rams get killed in Kansas City. It's just going to be awful. And who would have ever thought we'd be talking about Sean McVay having a five-game losing streak and being three and eight, but that could happen by Sunday night. And the Chargers, Arizona has to win. It's a desperate game to save save any playoff hopes they have, try to get their fifth win and maybe save that coach's job. Uh, I, I don't know if the Chargers have enough firepower because they're so hurt too. You know, on paper, the Chargers look like a spectacular team. On paper, all their big names are now on the injured reserve list on that piece of paper. It's just, it's an absolute mess. Yeah, I know it really is. Um, Hey, one more uh, team I wanted to ask you about is the Jets. Um, yeah. Zach Wilson was the second overall pick. You know how much teams put into players, quarterbacks that are picked that high. He's got a winning record this year, and yet he's riding the pine this week. Is that more to do with how much he's struggled lately on the field or his mouth, lack of leadership, and what he had to say after the last game? Probably a combination of both. But I, I, I think in the bigger picture, 
I mean, he's a wild arm guy. I mean, he put up statistics that were just really impressive when he was at Brigham Young, but that was throwing against five, eight cornerbacks from Texas, El Paso and all that. I think he struggled with this next step up with the level of pro game defenses. But uh, the other piece of the equation, I think it's a real piece of the equation. You look at his offensive line. I mean, he's lost both of his tackles. In fact, I think their top three tackles are gone. Uh, he's had a lot of backups. Then he had this bright young running back, Brees Hall, out of Iowa, Iowa State, put up a couple hundred-yard games, looked like he became the heavy-duty guy when they were winning. Then he goes down with a knee injury after his best game of his young pro career. Uh, so I, I, a little bit's on the quarterback, but I also tend to think if there's a lot of issues there uh, with the people around him or not around him at this point offensively. I do think Robert Salah has done a good job. You know, the, the, the Jets' defense, like the Lions' defense under Dan Campbell, they come to play. You better be prepared to get punched in the mouth when you play the New York Jets. But they're just they're kind of staggering a little bit because there aren't enough people around that kid quarterback. Now the kid quarterback, they're sitting him, and he's going to have to mature a little bit, although he did apologize to his team for what he said after the last loss last Sunday. So he'll be back in good graces, and he'll be back on the field soon. But he just it's a growing process. Lee, uh, I know you want to get back to the footy. Uh, just quickly, uh, who are the uh, coaches on hot the hottest seats right now as we get into the uh, second half and the home stretch of the season? Uh, I'd say Kingsbury and Arizona because they collapsed last season. They faded the season before, and now they're just downright poor this year, although they do have DeAndre Hopkins back. Uh, I'll tell you, there's something intriguing going on in New Orleans. Dennis Allen has not, not really taken the – uh, the New Orleans Saints to the next level. He's had quarterback issues. He's gone through three different quarterbacks, and he's had left tackle issues. He lost his number one draft pick. I just wonder if Dennis Allen's the right guy there. I don't think the guy in Denver's the right guy, Nathaniel Hackett, but would ownership eat his contract and make a decision that the past owners made a mistake when they hired him? Uh, this whole Josh McDaniels thing, the Raiders go into Seattle this weekend. I mean, if they get smoked again, they're going to be sitting there at three and eight, you know, then – even though they gave him a big contract, I just don't know that uh, Mark Davis can be patient, patient. If this guy has proven that he's over his head. Uh, I would I would take a close-up look, too, at Cleveland. This is kind of weird. Now, they're going to get Deshaun Watson back next Sunday. He is practicing. This is the final week of this 11-game suspension. But I'm just wondering, and Jim Haslam is not a very patient guy. And if they continue to stagger, and if this turns out to be a garbage season, even though they got Deshaun Watson, so they go get a different coach. Because remember this, Houston has Cleveland's number one pick. And if this turns out to be a ragtag end of the season for the Browns, Houston's going to have two of the top five picks in the NFL draft. So uh, Kevin Stefanski could be in a bit of trouble there. Uh, and I don't know what's going on in Houston. Uh, I don't know if Lovey Smith is the right guy, but I don't think Lovey Smith's got enough players to be the right guy to prove whether he can coach that thing. And well, the Texans are just a disaster. And that was a franchise at one time had Deshaun Watson and DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt and a great running back. And boy, it's just just not the same franchise anymore. So I'd say there's six or seven guys who could be in hot water. Yeah, never mind Lovey Smith. The most important guys in that facility right now are their scouts because uh, this draft coming up is where they're going to start making you know, the picks of the both the picks that they've earned, which will be right up near the top of the draft. And you mentioned that Cleveland pick. That's going to be significant as well. Lee, thanks so much for doing this. I know you want to get back to the soccer game. We'll check LeeHacksawHamilton.com for World Cup, NFL, and so much more. And look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks for doing this. It's my pleasure. It's great that you're there and joined an experience of a lifetime. And somebody just tweeted out that 
they didn't think you'd look good walking through the airport in Winnipeg with a with a short sleeve shirt that has pictures of pineapples and palm trees. So don't bother wearing it. Thanks, Thanks Lee. Take care of yourself. Have a great one. Have a great one. There's Lee Hacksaw Hamilton graciously joining us in the midst of this England USA game, which is still remaining at zeros. And actually, this is making me feel a little bit better considering what happened with the Netherlands. We needed three goals in this game. Doesn't matter now. Netherlands law or did not win. They uh, tied Ecuador and they frankly did not deserve a point. Great stuff from Lee. And of course, guys, make sure you check out Lee's website at Lee Hacksaw Hamilton.com. All right. Uh, hey, we had a great segment with Ed Tate leading into Hacksaw talking bombers. And of course, when we talk bombers, we do it for Princess Auto, great sponsor of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And of course, your friends here at WST. Princess Auto is the spot where you'll find the best selection of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Um, there's th two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road and Portage Avenue West. And you can also shop online 24 7 365 at princessauto.com. Um, we got to give a big thank you to our friends over at um, Culligan Water. You know, the water experts doing it as family owned for over 65 years. And um, hey, with the holidays here, you know, maybe a great gift for the family would be a new water system. They've got everything that could possibly need water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, not to mention citywide water delivery services and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Uh, pop down and see them in person at 1200 Sargent Avenue. You can always give them a call at 694-5180 or check out everything that Culligan Water can do for you at the home, the cottage, or at your business online at drinkculligan.com. Now, Lee did say that I had the Canadian club at the pool here. That is definitely not the case, but I wouldn't have minded. That being said, not very, uh, not really by the book here in Qatar. That's not the case in Canada. Of course, Canadian club has been Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey for decades. And it's available right now at your local Manitoba liquor mart. We're going to have to wait until June to get back and enjoy a CC or a CC and ginger in a can at the Winnipeg Blue Bomber Games is the official spirit of the blue and gold. Uh, but with the holidays here, you can pop by and grab CC and ginger RTD ready to drink in cans at your favorite local beer store when you pop in or head on down to your Manitoba Liquor Marts. Check out all the great Canadian club products just in time for the holidays. Now, as we keep an eye on this game, Sunday is the game that we are all locked in on. That is Canada and Croatia. Canada needs a result, at least a draw, but man, it sure would be nice to get a win. They probably deserved one Against the Belgians, they'll need to step up their game even more against Croatia, who, of course, was the second-place finisher, the silver medalist in the 2018 uh, World Cup. Looking for a place to go to the game? How about this? Boston Pizza and the Winnipeg Youth Soccer Association for the official Canada World Cup viewing parties over at Boston Pizza. Now, BP Keniston, BP St. Vital, and BP Pembina will be opening the doors early and serving the delicious new BP brunch menu for Canada's morning games. Sunday, Croatia, 10 a.m. And then 
You can book it off already, folks. The 1st of December, next Thursday, 9 a.m. against Morocco. Uh, they'll have awesome Team Canada jerseys from Royal Sports to win. Great food options, ice-cold beers and pints. The game on all the screen with big sound. Nothing better than watching important matches like this with friends at Boston Pizza. And, of course, if you're staying home, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com for your favorite BP treats, hot and fast, delivered to your door. All right. We're going to head to Dallas in a few minutes with Ken Weeb, but let's get Michael Remus back in here. Ken's going to jump in uh, in, a, in a sec. Remo, um, we have uh, we should maybe get to these cool bet lines, and in some ways, I guess, a scoreboard today because um, with it being Black Friday, slow day yesterday, Jets got a chance to go to the Cowboys game. Tons of NHL action this afternoon right now leading into the games tonight, including the Jets and Stars. Yeah, I love Black Friday. I get to celebrate with my deals and uh, that I've acquired throughout the day, and then relax and watch some, watch some hockey. Um, yes, I mean we can go over. There's number of games on today. We, there, I don't know if you knew this. Else. There's actually one game that has been postponed. We haven't had a postponed game for a long time. The Avalanche and Predators were supposed to play in Nashville, and a pipe broke on the water main at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. So that game has been postponed, will be made up at a later date. Uh, what do we got right now? Carolina leading Boston, who's been on a heater, 2-1. Montreal over Chicago, 2-1. Toronto against Minnesota, 2-2. Washington over Calgary, 1-0. And Ottawa and Anaheim just started up. The Calgary Flames, has their one team that's, um, you know, we talk about being in the playoffs or out of the playoffs at Thanksgiving. They're not in the playoffs right now. And this is a team that won the division last year had high expectations, even after all the roster turnover. But it seems like to me that some of these guys, Huberto, you know, he's been injured, kind of bounced around the lines. I don't know how well he's fitting in there early on. And Nazem Kadri, he's been all right too, but I think Calgary's kind of adjusting to life without uh, Kachuk and, and Johnny Gaudreau. Frosty Winnipeg in chat. There will be a banner for the pipe break in Nashville. <laughs> very, very well done. Um, yeah, you know what? Calgary's out. And you know who else is out? The Edmonton Oilers. Yes. The Oilers right now, Remo, just straight up 500, 10 and 10 on the season. And uh, I was talking to Dusty earlier today doing the lock shop. By the way, you can check out the lock shop. Go to the YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed. Giving away $1,000 to one of our first 1,000 subscribers, so make sure you get in on that. Um, the Oilers just have sort of been in neutral for most of the season right now, and they find themselves fifth in the Pacific Division with 20 points in 20 games. Interesting to note that the Jets have played the fewest games in the National League uh, Hockey League so far. They were tied with Colorado and Arizona going into tonight, and uh, Colorado not playing their game, so we'll see when that one is made up. But... Uh, you know, the Jets 11-6-1 in a playoff spot. Dallas, Colorado, and uh, and the Jets in the in the three spot right now. Vegas, the Kraken, and the Kings right now. And then I guess Calgary technically is in a playoff spot because they'd be in a wild card right now. Uh, although you've got St. Louis, you've got Minnesota, uh, both at 20 points with one less game played. Or no, I guess tied. They've both had 19 right now. 
um, very, very tight, which just goes to show the importance of a game like this for the Winnipeg Jets. They've done a very good job of bouncing back so far from tough losses. I mean, no maybe more ugly one than the game in the Twin Cities this week. And that's why, and we'll talk about this with Ken coming up in a few minutes, Reem. Uh, I think the uh, the real intrigue as to how the Winnipeg Jets come back. This is a game their coach is going to want to have very, very badly, but also they're going up against, you know, the team that's ahead of them right now in the standings. Um, and a big win head-to-head on the road, I think, would go a long ways to uh, put that ugly performance in the Twin Cities in the rearview mirror and get the Jets back in a uh, forward momentum that they really had for the last little while. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, the divisional games are so important. Important to get a clean two if possible. We hate these three-point games. But as you mentioned, the one team that's out, and I'm kind of curious what the mood is uh, when you talk to your friend Dustin Nielsen, because I think Edmonton's in trouble. Their goal differential, minus six. Evander Kane injury hurts them. They don't have the depth. They haven't really changed the defense much. Uh, the goaltending has been mostly not great. Skinner's had a couple of good games. Uh, I'd be worried about Edmonton. I mean, you can have McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, all you want, Huss, but uh, you got to have the rest of the roster. I know those guys are pulling their weight, but uh, they don't have, have much behind them. So I think the maybe the Stanley Cup predictions for the Oilers looking premature, although hopefully Evander, for them, Evander Kane can come back at some point because he was such a big boost uh, for their you know top top scoring there. Um, but yeah, b- big tilt tonight here in uh, in Big D, right? That's what you call it, Big D. Big, yes, Big D. Everything's bigger in Texas. And uh, well, hopefully the, the wins will be bigger for the road team tonight. Jets could certainly use it. And we'll talk about that with Weber coming up in just a second. I guess as we do that, uh, I know uh, there's been lots of talk about the availability of beer or lack thereof in a lot of spots here in, Win- in uh, Qatar. I will tell you, I'm looking quite forward to uh, getting back to a fridge full of little brown jugs <laughs> when I get back home. Uh, I can tell you that with the holidays just around the corner, um, stock up right now. Um, you know, hit them up. You can go online and get citywide delivery from Little Brown Jug, not just the 1919, but all their great flavors, including the new additions to the Good Times Variety Pack. But of course, 1919, the iconic signature brand available at fine bars and restaurants throughout the city. And uh, the best way to do it, a great spot to meet, you know, maybe for some drinks with friends around the holidays is, of course, the centrally located Little Brown Jug in the Exchange District. Pop down and see him on William Avenue. Grab your favorites and get ready for the holidays with Little Brown Jug. And hey, Nick and Nikki DQ, great supporters of ours from the get go. I know it's getting a little colder outside and a little white on the ground, but uh, there's nothing better than a blizzard 12 months a year. Uh, they've also got amazing food options, including those delicious new stack burgers they debuted in the summer, uh, as well as chicken fingers, fries, and more, and all those delicious ice cream novelties. And hey, if you're thinking about having an event, a birthday party, a gathering, heck, just getting ready for Christmas, DQ ice cream cakes, always available. You can hit them up on at, on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. If you want to get something custom made, send them a picture. We'll get it ready for you for a quick and easy pickup at your local Nick and Nicky DQ, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. All right, let's get back to Dallas. Ken Weeb joins us now. We've got a lot to get to with Weber before we get back to doing the marble race, folks. Make sure to stick around for marbles at the end of the program. <laughs> 
Ken, what's up, man? How are you? How was your uh, How was your trip to Jerry World yesterday? Yes, it's great to be with you. I uh, hope everything is looking good in Qatar. It is a uh, hotel face-off for us today. Uh, let's yes. go with that. <laughs> hotel uh, face-off. I, I like I it. I think you've got uh, you got a little better backdrop going with me today. So, uh, yep. Uh, enjoyed the Jury World experience, Huss. Uh, when they say everything is bigger in Texas, uh, it most certainly applies to their football stadium. Holy smokes. Uh, what a display at Jury World. I uh, did grab a last-minute uh, ticket at uh, in the upper deck. Uh, pretty inter- good seat, uh, good value, uh, fun atmosphere. Uh, the folks to my left were from Memphis or close to Memphis, Tennessee. The folks to my right were from Massachusetts. Uh, everyone enjoying the game. It was a great atmosphere, pretty festive. But Huss, uh, I actually I actually have to say, uh, good good noise level. But I would say because it is such a vast property. Uh, I have to say that uh, Vikings games, I think, are a little bit louder because on third down, every single person in the building stands up. At Jerry World, it was more of the towel waving, which, again, was pretty loud, but uh, didn't. maybe the acoustics, because it's such a vast property, uh, wasn't quite as loud to me. But having said that, it was still unbelievable experience, great game. Uh, ends up being a one-score tilt, but uh, outstanding second half for the Cowboys. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott got things going, and... Boy, oh boy, C.D. Lamb, what a – I mean, Huss, I mean, I'm not sure if you saw the highlights, but uh, I still oh, yeah. – I'm not – I'm still confused at how that was not ruled a catch. I mean, I understand, uh, you know, the first foot was obviously in. Great one-handed grab. He had the front foot toe tap. I still – yes, I understand that the heel touched on the way out, but I thought if you got the tap, it's a touchdown. So, anyways, uh, that's neither here nor there, but it was an unbelievable display. Uh, in the second half and uh, a lot of fun. I mean, that's a, you know, Thanksgiving day festivities in Dallas. I mean, that's kind of a bucket list or uh, even if you are not a Cowboys fan, uh, like my podcast partner, Sean Reynolds is. Is he really Cowboys? Eh? Apparently. He's yes. Yeah. You, we learn, Hustle, Brownie, learning something new every day. My run. We're you know, learning, learning something new every day. They're everywhere. They're everywhere, but they've been quite <laughs> quiet for the last 20 years for obvious reasons. Um, you know, you weren't the only one at the game. I think, you know, Mike and Scotty and some of the other media guys were there, but so were the Winnipeg Jets. And I'm not sure who it was. I think it was maybe Mike that said the Jets were lucky that Rick didn't decide to cancel the off day and skate them after the game in Minnesota. Um, you know, it was funny. There was a lot of regulars of WSC that I think took the day <laughs> off yesterday because they just wanted to forget about it to sort of flush it. Not so for Rick bonus. Um, Listen, we don't need to get into the gory details of the game. You and Sean did a good job of that and the post-game show on the Kenny and Rennie channel. Uh, but it was pretty clear that Rick Bonus wasn't having it and uh, said as much. The guys had a nice day off. I mean, uh, how do you think that the last 48 hours will play into what they can do for their head coach in his delayed return to Dallas where he was the head coach last season? Yeah, no doubt, Husta. There was a time when there was no CBA protection uh, for the days off that you would have definitely seen a uh, an ice sheet uh, found somewhere in, in Plano, Texas, or somewhere where it would have been incredibly inconvenient for the players and would have been it made it tight to get to the football game, the planned uh, activity on that serious CBA day off. But, uh, I mean, again, you know what, Husta, to be honest, for the team to get away to an event like this is probably, you know, I understand the old schoolers would like to see a bag skate the day after a game like that. Uh, to me, I think it was probably a good way for the team to spend the day uh, away from the arena, have a good time, get away from things. But having said that, Huss, when your coach 
reward, hashtag rewards you with a day off. Uh, you best be ready uh, after you lay an egg to be ready, especially when it comes. I mean, Rick Bonus has done the same thing uh, that he did when the stars were here for the first meeting with him behind the bench. Uh, he said today it didn't mean anything. He's been around long enough that, you know, you're focused on your only job. But I mean, hey, the Jets know it's an important game for Rick Bonus. They want to play well for him and for themselves. I love what Rick said, Huss, about when you establish yourself among the league or the league leaders and the division leaders, you have a responsibility that comes with being one of those teams that becomes a contender. And if you don't, you know, take care of your end of the responsibility, then you soon will no longer have that responsibility because it will mean you fall out of the race. And I love the fact that he said to take pride in having that responsibility. Now it's all about the response, Huss. And I mean, one thing the Jets have been pretty good at this year is responding to their suspect showings, and I would anticipate that would be uh, pretty high on their list today. Now, the the extra little piece to this, Huss, the Jets smoked the Stars the last time they played after the Stars smoked them. So you're also going to get a Stars team that didn't like the way the last game went either. So you kind of got the uh, you know immovable force versus the irresistible object kind of scenario where both teams are kind of looking at different performances. Obviously, the Stars are thrilled with their rallying win against the Avalanche, but they also haven't forgotten how they got their, um, you know, behinds kicked, for lack of a better term, in the last meeting in Winnipeg between these two teams. So uh, I expect a highly intense uh, tilt. And I'll say, after two blowouts between these two teams, uh, you, you can probably mark it down for a one-goal game, maybe overtime, potentially a shootout. Uh, I expect this to be very... Uh, not a lot of easy ice out on the ice. I think it's a tight game. It probably goes right down to the wire here. Ken Weeb of Sportsnet with us in Dallas before the Jets continue their road trip tonight in the division against the first place Dallas Stars. Um, you know, we'll talk about the blue line, DeMello's return in a minute in the bottom six. But up front, Cole Perfetti was nowhere to be found in the third period. Uh, Blake Wheeler, Dubois, some penalties that Brick Bonus called out. I mean, that. Oh, what do you make of just the what happened in the top six? I mean, Rick was pretty clear. Gustafson was the best player. The fourth line was the best line. And let's face it, that is no plan, um, you know, going forward for a team. And no disrespect to the guys in that spot, but um, they certainly need more. Um, your thoughts on what happened in Minnesota with those groups as well and um, how crucial it is for them to step up with a real professional effort to uh, erase the, the bad taste in the mouths of so many that watch that game. Yeah. So there have been a lot of games where the jets uh, had a lot of passengers, especially among their top six. Uh, unfortunately, uh, a lot of those top six members were, uh, were riding the bus uh, on the passenger side of things uh, the other night. Uh, well, Perfetti, I mean, the, the didn't have his best effort and Rick bonus definitely did not like the slashing penalty that he took. Um, that led to the, you know, again, Kaprizov scoring the beauty between the legs and then getting his own rebound after the Jets had made it a two-goal game. Uh, they're thinking if they get that killed off and all of a sudden they get the next one, then look out. Uh, instead, they give up a power play goal in that opening minute and uh, things kind of unraveled from there. Uh, in terms of Dubois, uh, we talked about his high level of engagement for quite some time. Uh, this time the engagement was still high, but he didn't drag anybody along with him to the penalty box. Uh, and he had two minors of his own. Um, I mean, I, I, Rick didn't call him up by name, but, uh, you know, when we followed the little bouncing ball, <laughs> when you were looking at guys who were in the ref's ear and also headed to the penalty box, it was pretty easy to determine, 
Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois was one of the offenders. Uh, he's been great lately. And Huss, I would say uh, what we heard this morning from Pierre-Luc Dubois, very similar to what we heard after that game in Vegas where he was unhappy with his own performance and that of his team. Uh, since that time, he's been one of the Jets' best players. So uh, this morning he said, you know, we've got to do a job, better job in terms of the discipline, myself included. So uh, I would expect that Pierre-Luc Dubois will be sharp. Uh, I like the fact that they're going back to Dubois and Kyle Connorhus. We talked about that earlier on in the year when there was some issues with the offense. Um, I think with it, even as bad as the Jets were, I thought that those two together, once they were put back on a line, I thought you saw a little bit more danger in terms of the scoring opportunities generated for Kyle Connor, several of which were set up by Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, leading to that, uh, that, that sixth goal, I think, of the year now for him as well. Uh, I think it also, too, I think there, I, I've got time for the runway to see what Mark Scheifele and Cole Perfetti can do together as well. Uh, I think one of the things with Perfetti, us that we know, Perfetti is a great passer that can also shoot. Uh, Blake Wheeler, we know he has some chemistry with Mark Scheifele, and he's a you know high, high end, one of the best passers in the NHL. Uh, certainly has been over the course of his career. When you look at the way that Mark Scheifele has been scoring for the Winnipeg Jets, I think that having two, you know, skilled passers with them, I think is a smart move by Rick Bonus. Sam Gagne will stay right now with, uh, with du- or he'll go with Dubois and Kyle Connor, see what kind of uh, things he can get generated there. I think he'll, you know, he'll be doing some of the digging down low. He's also a high-end passer as well. So, and then when we look at that bottom six, I mean, Mikey Asimont has been one of the Jets' better forwards the last couple of games. Uh, very involved. I think he got an assist the other first NHL assist the other night, first NHL goal. Uh, I've really liked the energy and the spark that he's provided. Uh, so you're going to see a little bit more, I would describe it as a little bit more offensive upside. I mean, some people will look and say, oh, what do you mean? I mean, Jansen Harkins hasn't scored a lot at this level, and Asimont's you know, about to play his seventh NHL game. Uh, these are guys that have produced at the American League level at a pretty high rate, uh, especially Harkins going down at the start of this year after clearing waivers. So uh, I'd be interested too. I mean, that Lowry line, the Rick Bonus is going to want to get him out there against the Stars' top line of Rope Hintz, Joe Pavelski, and Jason Robertson. So there's some responsibility that will go along with that as well. And then what you're going to see, David Gustafson has been doing a great job, as you mentioned earlier. You know, Axel Janssen, Fialbi, and Menelainen uh, will start on that fourth line. So they're going to want to get them, you know, to maybe impose their, you know, speed for uh, Menelainen and uh, Janssen, Fialbi, and the Sparts of Gustafson. They're probably going to see a little bit of Radic Faxa, who's a bigger-bodied guy on that fourth line with Glenn Denning. Uh, at times. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how the matchup game works. Us, uh, I think it was smart to give the Lions a little bit of a mix up and people will say, Oh, well, the Jets scored four against Carolina just the other night. Well, yeah, that's true. Like three of those goals were the result of a breakaway. And I think the fourth was a drop pass on a three on one where Josh Morrissey went five. hole, right. So um, they haven't had enough sustained offensive pressure in the last little while. And I think it's smart to, you know, when you get to the quarter point of the season or close to it, us, you know, sometimes you need to give things a little bit of the old jumper cables here and give things a bit of a jolt, especially when you look at all the injuries uh, that have been happening. And the other thing for those guys in the bottom six, Huss, uh, Morgan Barron skated again today, and Rick Bonus said he might be a possibility as early as Tuesday. So, well, let's, you want to stay in the lineup. If you're in the bottom six, you got to show up now, or else there's another guy coming for potentially for your job. And I would even say, Huss, with Appleton and Ehlers still out long term, I mean, Morgan Barron could factor in when it comes to some of the top six uh, juggling that could happen here over the coming weeks. Yeah, no doubt about that, Weaver. And, uh, you know, when I uh, 
you know, when we think about this, the, the, the team and the predicament that they're in right now, I mean, that game that, um, you know, they just had against Minnesota was, um, you know, one that, you know, they're not flushing. You know, Rick Bonus was pretty clear that, you know, he uh, really did not like the way that they played. Uh, but you mentioned it's a big, big opportunity to get back at it um, and have a big bounce back game. Um, part of that will be continuing to be solid on the blue line. Dylan DeMello is back in the lineup. Um, you know, that'll be a boost for the club. And I think it'll be a boost for Dylan Sandberg as well. Billy Hanel is out. I've got to ask you what you thought about Billy and the limited opportunity that he's had in the last couple of weeks. And is the writing on the wall that he's back to the Manitoba Moose, in your opinion, at the end of this road trip? Well, I guess you never know what's going to happen in terms of injuries and stuff. Us, But I would say that uh, barring an injury, uh, my prediction that the next time Billy Hanel has been, is called up will be for, for good uh, is not looking... Uh, completely it's not looking very solid us uh, the cool the cool bet lines are not looking uh, particularly good on that front uh, for me but uh, what do I thought I mean I thought there have been some moments where Billy did some of the things that he's good at he used Eliza's strengths uh, do I think he did it on a, a high enough level for a long enough time I would say that there was probably room for improvement but having said that I, I don't I don't necessarily think he was expected to – Rick said it himself. He didn't expect him to play at a all-star level in the first game. I uh, had an early hiccup, but then started to play better after that. Uh, in the second game, very nondescript, has to be quite frank. And, and again, that's in a game where he had lots of company on the back end yeah. and up front. I mean, so I'm not being critical of him. I just think that when you're in the position that Billy Hanela is in, you have to play to your strengths and you have to ride that fine line between, you know, popping offensively while not hurting your team defensively yet in a game when it's, you know, four, one, five, one, six, one, you know, you have to kind of manage that part of it too. Like you got to do some things that are, that are saying, yes, you know what coaching staff, we need more of that. Like Billy Hamlet has a lot of skills that the jets could utilize um, in certain stretches, especially when there are injuries. And, but in order for him to become a regular, you got to outplay someone. And right now, you know, again, small sample size, two games only, um, I don't think that Billy did enough in those two games to say he leapfrogged a Dylan Sandberg or he leapfrogged somebody else. I mean, that's the unfortunate reality for him right now. Uh, but again, it's not going to be great for him if he goes back. But guess what? The only way that you're going to earn a spot here is if you start. Rick said it before the call up. He said, if if they get to the point where the coaching staff tells him he's too good for this league, they will be on the phone to Rick saying, Billy's too good for this league. Find a way to get him into the lineup. So uh, I think it'd be disappointing if you're Billy Hanel, of course, but at the same time, it's part of the job. And I mean, like, just look at Mikey Asimont for an example, Huss. He's nowhere close to being on the radar in terms of top prospects when it comes to Jets forwards, the way Hanel is on defense. But you know what Mikey Asimont has been doing? He's taken advantage of his opportunity in a very limited situation here so far. And he's consistently stacked a couple of games. And now he's got not only a, another start in the lineup, he's got a bump up the lineup. And I mean, folks are saying, oh, well, Billy should have been running the power play the other night when it was 5-1. Here's the problem with that argument, Huss. He didn't do anything in the game to show that he deserved a chance to run the power play. Now, having said that, I mean, if you were going to give him a couple minutes instead of Neil Pionk on the second unit, by all means. But right now, Hanel still has work in his game and he's going to have to apply himself to ensure that he's ready to roll when his next opportunity comes, whether that's around the corner or in a couple weeks or months from now. Now the well, other part has too. I mean, when we talk about forwards, you know, again, I'm not saying this is panic city here, but 
at some point, if the Jets are looking to add a middle six forward who is of the higher end variety, I mean, it's going to take a prospect like a Vili Hanala to extract one of those players from another team. I'm not saying Kevin Shevoldayev's out here offering Vili Hanala in a trade, but we know teams are asking about him. And if there is a fit, I mean, that's one of the chips the Jets have in their arsenal. I'm not saying they're going to use it, but at some point, if they're trying to win now, and we know that given the window of the contract situation, that must be one of the things that they're going to be having internal debates about. What they ultimately decide will be interesting to monitor uh, because we both think that Billy Hanela still is a high-end talent that can play at this level. But right now, you know, he's not in the Jets' top six. So at some point, they're going to have to gauge and think, you know, is trading Billy Hanela for a forward that has term, is that something they have to consider? I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Ken, uh, one more before we uh, bust out. This is, of course, American Thanksgiving. Jets are in a playoff spot. It has been a nice start to the season. Although, I mean, not to go back to last year, but, I mean, they were 9-3-3. and They had their best start ever. They got their butts kicked in a similar situation at the same time of the year, and things sort of went downhill. Um, Just thoughts on this period up to Thanksgiving, the fact that the team is in a playoff spot, and... Um, maybe is there a team or two that you're um, looking at kind of surprised that they're on the wrong side of that line that has been so much so impactful historically when it comes to predicting who's going to be there in the final 16? Yeah, certainly interesting hots on a lot of fronts. I mean, the Seattle Kraken, you know, outside of the Jets are probably the biggest surprise in the Western Conference, them being in second place in the Pacific Division. Uh, I think a lot of people, you know, Remo was talking about goal, uh, goal differential. I mean, Seattle's plus 12. The Jets are only plus four. So, I mean, to this point, they've done a great job on that front. Uh, where, where people, I mean, would you consider them a lead pipe lock to make it? I mean, I certainly wouldn't. I do appreciate they've taken some steps forward. But, you know, you're looking at the Minnesota Wild, Edmonton Oilers, Nashville Predators, all below the line. I think those teams are all going to be pushing. But having said that, it would take somebody else from the Pacific to knock them out, right? Because uh, right now they're in third, you know, second place in that division. Uh, in terms of the Jets, I, I don't see a similar unraveling Huss. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people around the league that have been watching the Jets. They do think that it's a sustainable uh, you know, brand of hockey that they're playing. Having said that, you know, it's not a lead pipe lock for them to make it either because there's still, you know, 60, 60, what, 64 games to go here. So uh, they're going to have to keep that structure. They're going to have to limit the, you know, the eggs that are laid. I would say they've only really laid one bad one. I would say their effort against the LA Kings was obviously poor when they pulled it out late and their first period against Vegas was also, you know, quite frankly, terrible in the first meeting. But other than that, I mean, out of 18 games, the Jets have been in everything. They've shown they can win tight games. They've shown they can bounce back. They've shown they're committed to their structure. Uh, but right now, Huss, if I had told you that Nikolai Ehlers would play two games in the first 18, that the Jets would have the 23rd ranked power play, uh, that they're near the bottom in goals for per game. I don't think you or I would have had them, as tied for second in points percentage in the central and four points out with two games in hand. I mean, that says a lot about what Rick bonus, that seismic shift that Kevin Sheveldale talked about in his preseason availability that, you know, some people, you know, some people nationally and even locally might've been rolling their eyes out a little bit us. I mean, that's proven to be hundred percent accurate. I mean, the shift is, you know, the implementation of the vision has been happening. Now Huss, it's about sustaining that vision 
and also improving on it because we know there's still a ton of work to do. We know that Connor Hellebuck has, you know, glossed over some of the defensive deficiencies that still remain, but the Jets are still committed to the systemic part of it and to getting better at it. So I think you and I both expect us that their goals for over the course of the year should improve, right? This is a team that has some talented players that should score more. Their power play should improve. I mean, Nikolai Ehlers is still going to be out for probably almost two months, if not two months. That's an awful long, that's an awful long time to be out with one of the more dynamic players in the lineup. Having said that, I still think that, you know, with Connor Hellebuck playing at an elite, elite level, Vesna worthy level, I think the Jets will remain in the race for the, you know, whether it's first or second or third in the in the central. I think David Riddick has given the Jets a very similar start to what Eric Comrie did for them last year, where there were all the questions about the backup goaltending situation. And Huss, outside of the one bad period against Vegas, where he gave up four, and I would even say one of those wasn't even necessarily, you know, his fault. He did have the bad turnover, yes. But, you know, outside of one bad period, David Riddick has been excellent for the Winnipeg Jets so far. And that was, well, let's not kid ourselves. That was a big question mark coming into the season. So, you know, there's lots of room for improvement. Some guys can elevate their games, certainly. And as a group, they're going to have to continue to get better because the games get tougher after Thanksgiving. That's the other thing. That's what we're talking about. Teams that are in it often make it. If you're a team below that line, your urgency level starts to increase right away because you know you only have 60 games or so to try to get back in the race. And a lot of those teams have a lot of ground that they're trying to make up. So I think it'll be an interesting stretch ahead for the Jets, no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, we'll see how they handle it. I think this is one of the bigger tests coming up because we know that they were disappointed by the effort. And now it's about the response and and seeing how they play moving forward. Because, you know, let's face it, they got to have points. Uh, They got to have at least a point today. And they got to probably, you know, they got to get three of the next four points at a minimum. And they probably need four if they want to continue to go toe to toe with Colorado and Dallas here. Yeah, well, hey, and just one more I should mention. I mean, God knows we've talked about this for the last few months, but with the situation of Ehlers being out for a while, um, I know you've got your ear to the ground. It's not like the Jets are really putting their cards out on the table when it comes to potential deals, but are you hearing anything about, um, you know, maybe some action and some conversations heating up amongst GMs and a potential of the Jets making a move to get some help up front and maybe utilizing some of that depth they have on the blue line to acquire a forward to help out in the absence of a guy that's so important to their offense. Yeah, nothing specific. Us, uh, We know that the Jets like to keep it quiet when it comes to their uh, their their trade dealings or potential trade partners. But uh, the other part of this too, Huss, some of those teams that are below the line here, we talked about it in the summertime. There are going to be a lot of teams with internal budgets that probably are looking to maybe shed some salary earlier rather than later as well. Even a team like the Ottawa Senators, Huss, I mean, we've talked about them a lot. We know Pierre Dorian was in Winnipeg. Um, it's been a rough start for them. Uh, obviously, they're you know not far away from next year country. So, I mean, maybe there's a fit somewhere. But I think you're going to start seeing the you know, owners going to GMs and saying, hey, let's try to shed some payroll. Maybe this just isn't our year. Uh, but right now, there's also a bunch of those other teams that are shooting themselves back up the standings that we thought might be sellers based on the first 10 games that maybe improved in the second 10 games. Uh, no, no better example in that us than the St. Louis Blues, who have got things turned around quite nicely after what looked like a disastrous stretch for them. So uh, nothing specific, but I, I do expect that in this next kind of, I mean, we also know the GM meetings are coming right in December. So that's a time when all the GMs are together in one place. 
Uh, usually you get a few more conversations, fireside chats per se happening. So it uh, could be interesting there. Um, like I said, I don't think anything is imminent, Huss, but I do. I mean, we saw it this week. I mean, the Wild went out and got you know, Ryan Reeves um, in that deal. And, you know, there was that other one other trade, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs help addressing their uh, blue line needs by picking up Connor Timmons from the Arizona Coyotes and that lower lower salary kind of a deal. So uh, I do expect that some action will heat up. But the problem is, us if you're making a move now, you're paying a premium. Having said that, I would say it's probably worth it for the Jets to pay a premium uh, because, hey, they're going to get – Nikolai Ehlers is one of their quote-unquote trade deadline acquisitions when he comes back around January or February. But I think in order to you know stay stable until that time, uh, they're going to have to upgrade the forward group and – We'll see what level of uh, of chip uh, they go out and try to obtain. Weaver, great stuff, man. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, have a great time on the uh, road. Don't forget to get in front of a tube and watch that soccer game on uh, on Sunday morning. Canada and Croatia should be a lot of fun, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you back in the peg next week. Yeah, Hassan, I know that you've had a bunch of the guys on talking about football here. Uh, happy to report there were a lot of WST hoodies on display in Regina at the Grey Cup. Uh, I did have mine there as well for one of the uh, availabilities as well. So there were a lot of uh, a lot of folks that uh, a lot of a lot of thumbs up and a lot of folks enjoying. I know they did a lot of the locals didn't enjoy the final result, but man, what a game! What a crazy ending! And uh, and I know I know folks were a little down on how many people were in the stadium, but uh, City of Regina did a great job, and it was a fun atmosphere uh, throughout the course of the week there. And uh, we'll see what uh, we'll see what the offseason brings for the Blue Bombers. Some important decisions for them, and uh, they'll be looking uh, back, and they want to get back to the big game in Hamilton next year. So it'll be interesting to see how some of those things play out on that front as well. But uh, it was a fun week. I'm glad we got to talk uh, from there on the Friday. But uh, you know, I guess our our predictions didn't quite line up uh, the way that we expected. I guess on on the CFL yeah, front, but we weren't alone. Had to- we weren't alone. Yeah, not you, neither you or I had uh, the two blocked field goals on the bingo card in the last five minutes, I don't think. So uh, that that prop bet would have paid some serious dividends. <laughs> well, we'll get to the cool bet lines. I'm not sure that we had multiple blocked field goals in a quarter in the Grey Cup game or what the number <laughs> yeah. on that would have been, but it would have been big, that's for sure. Weaver, have a great weekend. Enjoy this game tonight. We'll look forward to you and Rennie coming up after uh, after the final uh, final buzzer. Yeah, you too, my friend. Stay safe and keep enjoying the ride. Looks like a lot of fun out there, that's for sure. You got it. Thanks a lot. All right, there is Ken Weeb joining us from Dallas before tonight's game between the Jets and the Dallas Stars. All right, we got some business to attend to. Michael Remus, are we ready to open up the uh, open up the marbles? Let's get the chat going. Let's get people in here. We know that uh, it's kind of funny. We've grown with people popping in going, ooh, they might have been watching the soccer game, which, by the way, just finished 0-0, nil-nil, as they say. I'm a soccer guy now. we got to say use the right uh, the right verbiage and uh, terminology, uh, and that's big for the United States. They now control their own destiny. They're playing Iran on Tuesday. I think I'm going to be uh, – we're going to certainly try to get to that game uh, in addition to the Canada games as well. But, uh, Remo, let's open up the marbles – and I believe we do have it. And guess what, folks? I, unlike normal, have a uh, have a uh, iPad here, and uh, we've got. You're going in. I'm going in. I'm going to try and make it happen. Uh, but folks, if you're wondering, if you're new, what we need you to do is put an exclamation mark marbles, 
and uh, you can get a spot in it. We've got a WST hoodie for uh, for the winner. Dustin Perniski's pumped on that drop plus three twenty. Nice work. I have to apologize. Well, to be honest, I'm now happy about Netherlands being as bad as they were on the first end of our Doha double uh, because we were hoping for the over two and a half goals. And this was a, a real sort of stalemate through most of uh, the match for at least what I saw while we were doing the show. Listen, while we get those loaded up, let's take a look at the cool bet lines for tonight's game. Uh, and the rest of the National Hockey League, and then we'll take a look at the uh, at the soccer tomorrow. But don't forget, Jake and I, as soon as the show's over, we'll be uh, putting our heads together and try and get back in the winner's circle with uh, one of our Cool Bet exclusives for tomorrow's Doha Double. Uh, we're going to try and get to the uh, uh, Poland-Saudi Arabia game tomorrow here. Uh, but the big one, of course, that we're looking forward to is Sunday, Canada and Croatia. Uh, oh, Leafs up right now. Minus uh, 3-2 on the wild. Got, I know you're all Leaf fans today, right? Got to get the win against the Central Division uh, a foe. Uh, coming up at 1.30 in the morning. Oh, I guess these are Qatar times. So, uh, you know, adjust adjust for the 10-hour time zone uh, difference. <laughs> <laughs> We've got uh, Pittsburgh minus 231 at Philly. Plus 195. Philly's in free fall. Uh, the Devils, who just read their 13-game heater snap by those Leafs, minus 170 in Buffalo to take on the Sabres at plus 144. The Islanders, minus 187 at Columbus, plus 158. Detroit, when was the last time Detroit was a minus 209 favorite against anybody? They got the Coyotes. Coyotes plus 175. Uh, Lightning, minus 197 at home. Blues, plus 165. Vegas minus 181 against the Kraken, who are plus 152. And the Winnipeg Jets plus 143 underdogs in Dallas to take on the Stars. Stars minus 169. And the Sharks plus 126 home dogs to the Los Angeles Kings. As far as tomorrow in the World Cup, in the beautiful game here in Qatar, Jake and I, make sure to check the Cool Bet exclusives. We will have the Doha double. We get a very nice number for you. They've been very generous with what they've been posting these at. Uh, first game tomorrow, which I guess is 4 a.m. back home, Tunisia and Australia. Tunisia plus 130. Aussies, the Socceroos, plus 270. The draw plus 207. Poland, minus 127 favorites against the Saudis, who had that incredible upset of Argentina. Saudi, plus 410. Draw, plus 275. Great game later on. Nikolai Ehlers, boys. Denmark, 4-1 to one underdogs. France, minus 125. A draw, plus 265. And, uh, wow, that late game is going to be great. We're going to be heading to Canada House tomorrow. Make sure to check out our socials. Cool Bet Canada, Hustlerama. Be with a ton of Canadians. It's an unbelievable venue. Trust me on that one. You're going to want to follow along. Uh, but we'll be watching there. Argentina, minus 175 favorite. They have to win against Mexico, plus 555. And the draw is plus 315. And folks, as I always tell you, if you haven't played a cool bet before, when you sign up and make your first deposit, use that promo code WST, 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $200. All right. Remo, um, let's uh, d let's uh, close it up and let's get ready to uh, to drop it off. Oh, it looks like we've got a new member in the house, Bozeman. Oh, my guy, Bose. 
Of course, he's here, ready to go for the marble race. Of course, Bose and my friend Ross are always going head-to-head. They bet each other in the marble race every week. And Ross famously interrupted a romantic dinner with his better half in Nice, France, to get in and watch the marble race over in Europe. So uh, we've had European marbles. This is the first Middle Eastern marbles. It's mine as well as all of you. And uh, listen, we have to put in a couple of extra, a couple of extra marbles today, Remo. Um, I think we definitely need to put one in for John Herdman, who is the object of quite a bit of scorn from the Croatian media after his comments, after the Belgian game, but he is the spiritual leader of team Canada. We need to do that. Um, who else do we need to get in the, in this week? Should we put in the Emir of Qatar? Give uh, give no. the Emir uh, one just no. in case uh, case they're watching well, right now. We don't want to exclude anyone. Okay, you don't need the... to put the Emir. <laughs> I mean, that would be the reason why. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was all good. It's all good. But um, let's uh, let's uh, let's do this. Let's get these marbles dropping and uh, then get into the weekend and of course tonight's game. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Uh, I'm trying to see. If anyone else uh, has any suggestions, usually the chat is pretty good about suggestions for uh, Marvel. But John Herdman was one of them. But last call, I'll close it down in a sec. Wanted to see if I had any any notes that I wanted to touch on. Not quite. They did release the Heritage jerseys. I'm big jersey guy. I like to see what they are. It's, uh, you know who's in the Heritage matchup? Uh, on it's sorry, Boston Heritage. and Pittsburgh, isn't it? Bought at the yeah, Winter Classic, Winter Classic. The uh, Pittsburgh ones are cool. It almost looks like the Pirates, uh, the Pirates P. Yeah, let me if bring you it. Saw, if you let saw me those bring jerseys. them up. So the Bruins one, it's like their shoulder patch from the '90s jerseys. I'm not a huge. It kind of looks like a bumblebee. Uh, yeah, I, the Bruins jerseys. I mean, they've done a whole bunch of them before, and none of them really have. Uh, move the needle but um everyone's ready for marbles we can do jersey time at some other point especially I'll, for people that are on the pod i'll put jersey time on our tiktok i got i did my uh, reverse retro jersey reviews and uh, they got a lot of views actually has you know i did my uh, tiktok rant about the board ads uh i sent that one to you on our Winnipeg sports yes. tiktok yes just, yep. just hit a hundred thousand views on tiktok a hundred thousand views on tiktok <laughs> for that one <laughs> Oh, you know, you come in with a wild take. You get into the every. I've been talking. Oh, by the way, you know who else we need a a, a, a marble for? If you could please put in, put in JBM, my Is guy that... Jake Bolin Moss from Cool Bet, my my partner here, riding with me. He's just come back from uh, Promise. I've got to get him a marble in, and uh, wouldn't that be something if JBM could uh, could get it done? Although I don't have the hoodie if he was uh, able to win uh, going forward, and uh, and put one in for Weeb's World as well. Uh, our Friday. He's usually a Friday guest. He usually gets a marble. He never really does very well in it. So uh, we'll see if he can maybe crack the top 10 for once at some point. But uh, all I know one guy that we need to hear from, and that's Tristan Rivers music. As we uh, get this thing uh, ready yeah. to uh, get, get, uh, get going. Give me one sec. Someone's taking shots at me in the chat. I got to give him a big power bomb here. Oh. <laughs> top rope time. Yes. Dustin Dustington. Yeah, he's who done. Is that? He's done. Okay. I don't know who he is, but he's he's out. See you later, <laughs> buddy. You just got thrown over the top rope by uh by Michael Remus. Uh 
Actually, that wasn't, that's not the first uh, wrestling reference of the day. Someone referred to as what? Iran's win at the World Cup. Biggest well, win this for... was so funny. If you haven't, you know, well, I'll retweet this, but there was a guy, a Welsh fan that was being interviewed by Wales, I presume, you know, one of the many media companies here. And he was saying, I was stunned. You know, we thought we'd be able to win. Even if it was one, nothing would be fine. And uh, Iran beat us. And he goes, that's got to be the biggest win for Iran since the Iron Sheik beat Bob Backlund at WrestleMania back in the day. I almost died. <laughs> and he said it completely with a straight face. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think he was joking at all. I think that was could be one of the uh, one of the top uh, moments in Iranian sport. Certainly a great win for them, though, uh, them though today. But uh Oh, we'll see whether they can get it done today, but uh, it won't. It's not quite the World Cup and it's not quite WrestleMania, but it is marbles on a Friday afternoon, finishing up another week. And uh, obviously the uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the muse of the Winnipeg digital sports space, Tristan Rivers music always has the theme song. And uh, we can't drop the marbles on a Friday until we hear from TRM. We good to go? Yeah, I got it ready to go. Let's play it. Sorry, oh, I I gotta got do this update real quick. I thought I thought I did all the updates before, but it's it's almost done. It's almost done. Sorry, yeah. Uh, we'll get it. All right, we'll get this. We'll get this. These marbles going, and then uh, of course um, tonight after we had Ken on the program, make sure you check out okay, K and our the boys will be uh, getting after it in Dallas with uh, hopefully a much more fun show. Than they had after the game in Minnesota. That was uh, that was pretty ugly. Although I'm here with Jake. He, of course, is from uh, the GTA, big Leafs guy, and uh, all of a sudden will be very, very pleased with those Toronto Maple Leafs that they can hold on to this three-two lead. Sixteen uh, forty-eight left in the third right now for Toronto. Uh, the Capitals doing everyone else in the West a favor right now. They're up two nothing on the Calgary Flames. The Sens, oh, geez, the Sens with a nice first. I guess they are playing the Ducks. That is a real toilet bowl. Man, these two matchups, four of the worst teams in the league playing. Sens at Ducks and the Canadians and Blackhawks. That's a couple ugly matchups. Habs up 2-1 in the third period. And already in the books is the Hurricanes and the Bruins. Boston, man, they've had a great start to the season. They win 3-2 in overtime. And as Remo mentioned a little earlier, the Avalanche and Predators postponed today due to a broken pipe. Uh, and I have to go to today on my uh, on my app here 
4.30 a.m. local here in Doha. Jets and Stars, Hellebuck and Ottinger expected. Pittsburgh and Philly coming up uh, in actually about an hour or so, a little bit more than an hour. Uh, Devils and Buffalo, Blues and Lightning, Coyotes, Detroit, Islanders, Blue Jackets, still a big slate of games. If you want to slide over a cool bet and maybe pop in a little parlay, Kraken and Golden Knights, and it, wow, a 6.30 a.m. start here. That's what time these games start. The West Coast games are here. If, you, if you're if you a Qatari hockey fan and wanted to follow it, you pretty much would have to follow a West Coast team uh, because otherwise it's straight up in the middle of the night. Uh, and then 9 p.m. tonight, Oilers-Rangers. I guess that is uh, like a noon game from Saturday. So, again, still, I'm still not going to have my head wrapped around this. I'll probably get it right before we leave to come back in about a week. Um, all right, so there are games. Uh, how's that update going? Are we ready to go? Yeah, we're good. We're, we're good. Sorry. All right. I, which one am I doing here? Uh, well, dealer's choice. Again, I'm somewhat delirious from the time change, from uh, the fact that we're now, it's now Saturday here. Um, so I will uh, I will leave it up to you to uh, throw the marbles into uh, whatever uh, whatever the one you want. Maybe we go with one we haven't done before. Sure. What's this? Uh, I don't even know what any of these are. I got to come up with some kind of list. I've been talking about Have that. Have we done for a the long Temple time. of Steve before? <clears throat> I think so. I'll do it. I'll, I'm happy to do that one. We got 161 people in. Right on. Right on. Uh, so we've added JBM. We've added John Herdman. I think That's that was it. about it for the uh, extra ones. And of course, Ken Weeb. Um, you got the right, uh, we're copying the right list in there. We got the right list. Got the right list. All sure. right. Okay. Here we go. Okay. The Temple of Steve. Oh, I like these ones. Jake, you might want to watch here. You've got a marble in this one today. So uh, here we go. We're dropping him in. Let's see how we go. Kenny's water bottle with a nice start. This is always key. The, the start is key. Whoever can get down this, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the first bit. Who do we got here? Eric Bear. Jay, no. Sean Clark. Sean Clark has looked good. Okay, Sean Clark has the lead. Eric Bear in first Jano in third right now as we get into this uh this first spin this is the temple of steve um which is uh well we'll see this could be a good one we've got a secondary obstacle coming up we'll see how our leader sean clark does when he comes in oh he does not do that too smoothly someone else is going to be although it really helped those guys out going on we don't have a major major lead though right now Eric Bayer, Sean Clark, and uh, Max Spell, I believe, is uh, is in the net. Jason Jett in the mix. Uh, okay, we've split up going a couple of different ways. The Temple of Steve going out. Derek Honer's in the mix. Miss Spell, though, I believe, is, uh, is technically first right now, although this is going to get a little hairy right now with uh, these loop-de-loops. Eric Bayer and Sean Clark, though, they had the great start. They're still right in the uh, right in the mix. And Eric Bear is in first. Sean Clark and Eric Bear, the one-two punch right now. And uh, and oh, Eric, Eric has gone through. Sean Clark not so fast. Eric right now is the leader. He's getting a little bit of a push right now from a couple of other marbles as we go down the list. Uh, the Temple of Steve. This actually is a pretty good one. Adrian Wisniewski now. 
Dustin Pernitsky, after just hitting the tie between the States and uh, the States and England on cool bet at plus oh. 320. He's just kind of trying to keep his heater going on. Oh, Bardo. It's saying Bardo won. It's saying Bardo won. But it's not in. It's saying she hit it and then fell out. I think that's a first ever. I've never seen that happen before. That could be the most controversial finish in the history of the marble race. It's like when you get a touchdown and you like get her over the pylon and then lose the ball. That's basically what happened there. We may have to go to VAR for this. Yeah. We, we may have to go to VAR. I, I saw that she touched down, but I don't think the rules say you have to get, you have to stay in the, to, in the container. I guess not. I guess not. Wow, the chat must be losing it right now. She came out of nowhere, Derek too. Schmidt. It was big time. Eric Bear, poor Eric, is cannot believe it. Didn't didn't <laughs> stick the landing as well. I would have not thought that that would have counted. Uh, but again, we're fi we're finding out more. Bullish Bradley, Daryl Morosky. I will say that if anyone was going to get the benefit of the most controversial finish in marble race history, someone like Bridget who was basically here every single day and in every single barbara. There it is. It says it right there. Bart Bridget, the winner. Well, the good news folks is again, if you missed it, uh, December is marbles month. You can take your 12 days of Christmas plan. Those we've got 12 days of marbles. We've got a pair of bomber season tickets from consolidated supply. And those will be given out in the final race of the year at the end of the month. But you're going to need to qualify uh, as soon as I get back after next week, we will start the races. We'll go 12 days in a row. We'll have an opportunity to uh, enter on Facebook and Instagram for a few extra um, extra ballots as well, or entries, as I should say, into the final one. But for today, in controversial fashion, Bridget Bardo, our winner today, and I believe that's the first time winner for Bridget, great supporter of WST, so congratulations. Yeah. You can explain yourself in the, uh, we'll always have the story of how you won on that Friday when I was at the World Cup in Qatar. Um, that's going to do it for us, though. We do want to get this pot up because I know people are going to want to be listening before the Jet game starts tonight in Dallas, 7.30 in Big D. And, of course, Kenny and Randy and the gang will uh, fire it up after the program. Um, thanks to all the sponsors that have been with us. And thanks to everyone that's been following along with myself and Jake and the Cool Bet gang have been doing here in Doha. We're going to have a lot of cool stuff over the course of the weekend. So check the feeds tomorrow. Uh, we'll be heading to Canada House for sure. Hopefully a game as well. And then Sunday, when you get up, uh, when you get ready to watch that game at 10 a.m., check the Instagram, check the Twitter beforehand. We'll have some videos. We'll have some picks. And definitely go to the Cool Bet exclusives for you Cool Betters. Uh, we'll try and get back in the win column tomorrow with another Doha double. And the Lock Shop Partner Parlay is up as well. Hit it last week. Dusty is hot. We had a great day yesterday as well. And, you know, not to uh, Barry Horowitz myself too much, but I am 29 and 15 against the spread and the best bets this year. Lots of pressure going in. We dropped those earlier today. That's all there at the Lock Shop YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe. Thanks to our sponsors that make this show happen each and every day and all of you for making us a part of yours. Have a great weekend. Good luck to the Jets tonight. Hopefully they can get a win and we'll be in uh, much better spirits for Monday's show after a few tough ones this week, starting with Monday's show after the Bombers lost in the Grey Cup. Uh, but it'll be a new week, new day. Lots to get to, including Canada at the World Cup on Monday. 
I will talk to you then from right here in Doha. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy tonight's game. Enjoy the match on Sunday. Have a great one. And we'll see you Monday on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Have a good one, everybody. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.